pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It is R&R in the morning or R-R in the morning. Rudy J, Edwin Easy E Hefner, aka Edwin Hefner, aka Easy E. Rob is in the basement. Him is out today. Him, him, him woke up not feeling too hot. Well, actually, it was last night. Good morning, Becky. It was last night. Rob text Pledge and I about. I don't remember what time did Rob text us. Let me see. It was probably like ten, eleven, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, about 10.20, Rob texts me, hey, don't know what I ate, not sure what's going on, but I ain't feeling too hot. I'll text you in the morning. Then about 3.30, Rob hit me and pledged up and said, nope, it ain't going to happen. So Rob is out today, so bear with me. Edwin got my back should I need it, but for the most part, I've never been um short on words, so we should be fine. We have fun. Mondays are easy, especially when you have a Monday like like today. You know, sports is in full swing, Rangers. Wimby, Wimby, good morning, mama. Morning, early birds, all y'all chiming in on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Edwin, I also need a, uh, not a SIG, but a uh, promo suite, if you could get me one. If you have a promo suite so I can make sure I'm uh, promoting everything we need. But, yeah, so yesterday, because we got a lot to get to, Wimby, NFL Gumbo, what is Sark going to do? First of all, they didn't look too hot against Houston. But, you know, it is on the road. Houston is a much better football team. They started to get some of those dogs out of Houston to stay in Houston. If they can start if they can start building the bracket up around Houston, watch out for them. They're moving into the Big 12. They're getting better. So I'm not as down on them as my man Joe Rodnagle is. Joe, Joe, Joe is on the Longhorns. Make sure you tune into the Blitz today. Him and Jason are going to have a full-on damn near fist fight with words, obviously. But they're going to have a words fist fight today about that Horns performance. Joe was not happy. The WhatsApp was popping. The super, excuse me, San Antonio Sports Star WhatsApp was popping during that game. We have to get that. Uh, Rose and the ass Strohs. Yeah, stress the ass on the Strohs. Um, Eagles, Cowboys in a couple weeks. The tush push. But we played some golf yesterday. Of course, 
and thumb this show on YouTube. Yes, Rudolph Gonzalez, thumb the show on YouTube as well. Play some golf. Of course, if we play golf, we play at Golf Club of Texas, the friendliest golf course in Texas. Myself, James Pledger, Jason Minix, and Rob Thompson. And it started off weird because I'm down to one car right now. My wife's car is being uh, repaired. The parts got put on back order. So, you know, with insurance, they only want to cover the rental car for 30 days. I do radio for a living. So after that 30 days, I'm not paying $35 a day for a car. Not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do it. Not going to do it. Just not going to do it. So I'm down to one car. So my wife could keep the car because she had to take the kids to a dental appointment on a Sunday, which is random. But shout out to my dental, my dental, my kids dental office for even being open on Sunday. She had to take the kids to a dental appointment. I wasn't going to be back in time to give her my truck. So I left the truck with her. Well, so I had to hit Pledge up. I was like, yo, Pledge, hit me, um, come pick me up on the way to Golf Club of Texas. I'm pretty close to Golf Club of Texas. So Pledge picks me up. And the first thing I see, <laughs> Pledge has a black eye like he'd been in a, 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 a bar, a barroom fight. You'll see him today when, when he comes in. And I'm like, man, what in the hell happened to you? I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to, first of all, y'all could have seen it on the socials. He allowed us to post him on the socials. He allowed me to post him on my Instagram story. You could go see the shiner that Pledge is donning on my Instagram story or my Facebook story, whichever one you choose. Now, we had a good time out of Golf Club of Texas, but I, I'll leave that for the Blitz. I don't want to, I don't want to steal their thunder. Because yeah, Minix, I'm sure Minix, he don't care. Him and Pledge, like, that's big brother, little brother. Minix can say stuff to Pledge nobody else can. Like, some of the stuff that, yeah, Minix... He rides Pledge hard, but he he's turned him into a, a fantastic producer by riding him hard. It's a, it's tough love. Big brother, tough love. So I'll let them tell the story. But, yeah, my man Pledger is rocking a black eye that's just – he's too handsome to have a that a eye that black. But he had a good night. He had a great night. You know, he, my, my man Pledge rolled in the crib around 435 and was 5 in the morning and was at my house at 630 because we had a 7 a.m. tea time, which was interesting because it's still dark. So we we pretty much teed off in the dark. Our first tee shots, which I mean, we are we're all not that great of golfers, but our first tee shots were like very weird, you know. So we started around seven twenty, played some best ball, had a good time. It's all about the fellowship. But I must say, I must say, I am hitting the ball fantastic. I am putting the ball fantastically. Now, when I say I'm hitting the ball fantastically, this is minus the driver. My driver has had the worst case of herpes. Going on seven years now, bumps all over that thing. Just, a, it's just the worst case of herpes that you can see. Like my driver, like if you wanted to type in herpes at its worst, it should be a picture of my driver that should pop up. And there's no getting rid of it. You can't fix it at the course. You have to fix that at the range. I have four, five different hustles. I don't have time to go to the driving range and fix it. I'm never going to be a pro golfer. I'm not going to spend a lot of time at the driving range. But you put an iron in my hand. And I'm a problem. I'm a, I am a problem. And my flat stick is a problem. I like the way I'm playing golf right now for a guy that just a casual golfer, but I'm getting the itch back, getting the itch back. And if my wife will allow me, I'm, I'm trying to get back to playing once a week. If my wife will allow me, we'll have to see. It just depends on the family schedule, you know, and, and, and all my different hustles. Cause if you only have one hustle, unless you got, you know, big bank, you have no hustles. I don't have big bank on one check. So I got to hustle. Got to hustle. So depending on my hustles and depending on the family schedule and depending on if I've been a good boy, my wife going to let me, I'm trying to get back to playing 
once a week because I really like the way I'm hitting the ball. I digress. But if you want to play some golf, go to golfclubtexas.com for those best rates. But to sports, yeah, and y'all, y'all ask Pledge about that. Y'all tweet them, Facebook them, listen to the Blitz because I'm sure they're going to discuss this. And I don't know at what length. I don't know what length because, again, the story is a little wild. I don't, I'm sure he's going to tell y'all how he got the black eye. I don't know if he's going to tell you what led up to it and, and everything. It's a great story. My man Pledge, single. My man is single. Keep that in mind. You know, Edwin single. Everybody else here at the start is happily married. And I got must give a shout out because it is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I have a cousin battling breast cancer. Prayers with her. Um, I had a really, really, really close friend of mine lose his wife um, to breast cancer recently. She was only 50. So it, it is still prevalent. It is still a thing. And, and um, there are survivors, and one of the survivors is right here, part of the Sports Star family, extended Sports Star family, Joe Ridenangle's wife. want to congratulate her on 17 years cancer-free. She battled best breast cancer 17 years ago. She went and did her bill of health up in Houston on Friday. So shout-out to Maggie Sullivan, Ryan Angle, Joe's lovely wife. Really, really sweet, sweet, sweet person. If you met her, to know Maggie is to love her. So props to Maggie, and God bless to Maggie on 17 years cancer-free. Hopefully she stays that way. And to all the women out there battling breast cancer who are breast cancer survivors, it is your month. We are with you. It is still very, very prevalent. It is still very, very deadly. And it is still very, very serious, serious situation. So to the breast cancer survivors and those battling it, we love you. God bless you. And we, we're, we y'all, y'all, we're with y'all. We're with y'all. And it's important. It's more than just pink cleats and pink socks and so on and so forth. So there's that. Friday, I was out at um, Bernie, Ch- Bernie, Ch- Bernie Champion versus Smithson Valley. That was Jason and I's call this week out there in Bernie. And I was late. And that's just unprofessional. I got to apologize to the guy. So I went, I just put it in my, what is it called? My maps. And I went to the school. That was my first time out there, not knowing that the school and the stadium are two different places. I had to end up taking a shuttle. It was a mess. I didn't get there until probably, man, 10 minutes left in the pregame, Edwin. (laughs) I got there like 6.50. And Jason was cool about it. Jason was cool about it, but it's totally, totally unprofessional on my part. There's no excuses for that, so I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to Minix. I apologize to Rob, John Robbins, our stat god, and apologize to Pledge. That's unprofessional. Won't happen again, and that's that's, that's not receiver talk. So there there you have that. But uh, Smithson Valley, man, impressive. The second-best team I've seen all year, Reagan being number one, Smithson Valley being number two. And Smithson Valley gave Reagan their best game of the year. That was week one. If they squared off again, I don't know who would win that game. I don't know who would win that game. This coming up week, we got John Jay versus Tav. Jay just suffered their first loss of the season. They lost to Harlan. Harlan is a problem this year as well. I love being able to call um, high school football games. It keeps me in the loop, a loop that I have fell out of. Because with high school football, I know a lot of y'all out there have kids, nephews, cousins, whatever that play high school football. Y'all wish we would talk about it more. The problem is we're talking high school football on just not a high school football specific show is you end up leaving somebody out. And, you know, if we end up talking about Reagan and Smithson Valley and Johnson and Harlan, then the people at jail are like, hey, we undefeated and this person and that person. So high school football probably needs its 
probably two or three different high school football shows, considering all the kids we got coming out of the greater San Antonio area that are starting to go D1. Well, not starting, been going D1 and really dominating D1 football as of here late. Just, you know, just look over there on that UTSA squad. Needs its own thing. So I love getting to call the color with Jason Minnis. He's taught me a lot. I've learned a lot and it keeps me in the loop. We got a lot, a lot of talent in this city, man. And, um, it, it's blossoming and it's only going to get better, but that Smithson Valley team. That's one thing about Smithson Valley. I've never seen that many big, strong, fast, athletic kids. They got a lot of big kids on that team. And Larry Hill, legend, Hall of Famer, over 300 wins. They're probably going to make a deep run this year. But, so it was Friday, Edwin? Spurs? That was Friday, right? Man, so it, 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 in the booth, we're watching the Strohs and the Rangers, uh, obviously on uh, John Robbins' iPad, while we're doing the Smithson Valley champion game. We're watching that, and then finally when the Strohs win that game, Altuve goes yard, they end up winning that game. We flip over to Wimby, and we started watching a little bit of Wimby here and there during the commercial breaks. But So finally after the game, I get on Instagram, and the first seven to ten posts, Lord have mercy, all Wimby. Just Wimby highlight after Wimby highlight. And I was like, damn. And again, this is new for us. It's new for us. Yeah, I mean, even at the height, even at the height of the Spurs, when everybody in the world knew, hey, man, from, from what is it, like 99 through 07, that Spurs dynasty, of course they got one in 14, I'm not an idiot, but a 99 through 07, we knew, like, hey, the Spurs are going to be in the mix. It was never this. The Bleach Report, NBA, ESPN, Sports Center, Fox, me, you, your dad, your mom. My wife's like, wait a minute, I got to see this kid. When am I going to get to see this kid? I've never seen this as far as the hype surrounding the San Antonio Spurs because, you know, stupidly we get that, oh, well, they're boring, whatever. You know, winning is winning. But we've never had this much hype around anybody or anything when it comes to the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm buckled in. You know what I mean? I'm, I got my seatbelt on and I'm ready. And I'm trying to be the voice of reason. But it's getting harder and harder every day, and we're going to talk about it next. Rob is out. He's Him not feeling well. Him got a tummy ache. I don't want him around me if he's sick anyway, because if I get sick, my wife going to be mad because I'm going to be a little baby. When I'm sick, especially if it's a stomach flu, I'm a, uh, uh, yeah, it gets ugly. So we're going to talk some Spurs when we get back. I'll try, capital, all caps, T-R-Y, try to keep being the voice of reason, but my Lord, they're making it difficult. It's r and morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Yes, sir. This week, it all tips off. And right here in our own backyard, Wednesday, the Mavericks come here, right? Yeah, Mavericks here in town. Luca, maybe. I don't know. I know Luca was dealing with a calf. Luca versus Wimby. The international presence continues to grow in the NBA. They're here and they ain't going anywhere. You know, Adam Silver says it isn't enough international players to play a USA versus the World All-Star game. I, I, I call a hogwash. Oh, I mean, what, you need 10. You can find 12. You know, you can find two guys that's not going to play. You got, there's 10, there's 10 legit guys that could give the NBA, the USA stars a run for their money. I guarantee you that. But anyway, back to Friday night. So I'm out at, you know, Bernie Champion and we, you know, 
getting we're leaving and I'm finally getting home, getting settled in. And I I hit I head to Instagram as normal, check in on my on on my post and see if I need to respond to anything. I, that's that's just normal. It's a part of this business, part of this life. You know, I always say if I ever, you know, get out of radio, I'm deleting all of it because it's a distraction. But nonetheless, I have to. And as soon as I, you know, go into my feed and I start scrolling, the first one's Wimby. I'm like, okay, cool. Then another one. And then another one. And another one. I felt like DJ Khaled. Another one. It was all Wimby all night long Friday. And again, it's not. And the thing about it that's crazy, it's not just it's not just us. It's not just us here in San Antonio. It's it's the world. It's the world. And a lot of people are treating this like, damn, like this is something legit we've never seen. When you talk about the block shots, blocking two three-pointers and the, the still shot of him palming <laughs> Andrew Wiggins three and then leaking out is just crazy. And, and and for the longest, since since we, you know, since the Spurs secured Wimby. I've been trying to be the voice of reason. Like, hey, man, hey, hey, everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. This is still a work in progress. Blah, blah, blah. Relax. Chill out. I give up. <laughs> I give up. I, I give up. How can I watch that and still try to tell people to calm down? How can I watch what I saw Friday night and tell people to calm down when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and those guys, they're, like their guys are out there. You know, and everybody's, you know, trying to get ready. We're almost there. And the, the Clay Thompson block, the Wiggins block, the leak outs, it, it, some of the moves, you know, should have been an one. Now, the other thing that we got to talk about with Wimby, and Vassell talked about this last week, is how is he going to be officiated? Because that the one on the baseline where he was kind of behind the basket, made the bucket, was that that should have been an and one, but I don't think it was. I don't think they gave him an and one. And there's also clips of him pregame going through these defensive drills. And his ability, because he's been trained to use his length, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do when he's in front of you. I don't know because the time his timing is unmatched for somebody his age. There's one thing to be able to block shots. It's a whole other thing to have the timing down on when the shot's going up. And let's say you got him off balance a bit. Because he's so long, he's still going to be able to recover and make it, even if, like, I know Rob said, hey, man, maybe we need to start tracking, <laughs> uh, you know, like we have QB pressures. Maybe we need to start tracking, you know, when you make a guy just take a tough shot and he ends up missing it because of Wimby. I know Ed Tutal Jones, they, we started um, tracking batted balls because of Ed Tutal Jones. So the thing about it, man, I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. I'm trying hard to find reasons not to be excited, but I'm all out of reasons. I'm all out of reasons. And the biggest thing is we we talked about Pop. Pop resigned a five year deal, and well, oh, it's Wimby. It's Wimby. It is. It's Wimby. He has a rejuvenation there, but the real rejuvenation for me is because this team is locked in on becoming a defensive team. Uh, defense. I think that we made some good strides because we were pretty poor last year, uh, and this year they seem to believe that defense can help them win basketball games, and uh, that's been the best part of the preseason so far. They've bought in. This year they seem to believe that defense can help them win games. Look, obviously, obviously, it's, Wimby's a rejuvenation for everyone. Pop included. But when you're Greg Popovich 
And the thing that you've hung your hat on your entire coaching career is defense. When you got a bunch of young guys that have bought into this defensive scheme and what he wants to accomplish on defense and your some, you know, what some may say is the best player. I still going to go with Devin Vassell, but it's, it's hard to argue that it's Wimby. When your best player, if you want to say Wimby's the best player, when your best player is locked in on defense, it's a trickle down effect. And when your best player, if you feel like it's Victor, is humble, willing to pass the ball, willing to play defense, willing to do all the little bitty things, they're going to be a problem. And I'm going to tell you this. I am not a gambling man most of the time. Most of the time I'm not a gambling man. I'll put a few dollars here and there. But if your thing is gambling, 10-23-23, a.m., bet the house on over 30 wins, over 29 and a half wins for the Spurs. The latest book about two, three days ago, some books have it at 28 and a half wins for the Spurs. Some books have it at 29 and a half. I, I hate to tell people to be irresponsible, but I'm telling you to be irresponsible. You've been putting a little bit of money away for your kids' college tuition. He ain't gonna get he or she ain't gonna get a good job for that with that college with that college degree anyway. Take some of that money out of their college fund and bet the, <laughs> and bet the house on the Spurs to win over 29 and a half games. I don't know what it's gonna turn into, but I know from what I've seen, and again, I've tried to be the voice of reason, they're winning more than 30 games. So because your kid's going to get some degree that they're going to make 45000 from, just take the money out of that college fund. Take the, yeah, I know you've been saving for that new house. We're going to get you a better house if you go and bet it all on San Antonio to win more than 30 games. I'm trying to get you a better house. I'm trying to get your kid into a better school. Because what I'm saying is, like, yeah, go ahead and take that money out your 401K or your kid's college fund or that or, or the savings for your new house because you're going to get a better house. You're going to be able to afford it for your kid to go to a better school. And then you're, you're going to have more money from your 401k. That is a lock. And I'm not even the lock guy, stone cold lock. I ain't even my thing. That is a lock. This team is going to be way better than I thought. And I'll admit, there was a lot of Spurs fans out there tweeting me, YouTubing me, texting me. Rudy, I'm telling you, 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 you're not giving them enough credit. Now, ah, hush. Y'all don't know anything about basketball. I've been doing this for 18 years. Who are you to text me or tweet me or YouTube me about what the Spurs are going to do? I've been covering this team for a decade. Don't tell me how many games the Spurs are going to win. I was wrong. I was wrong. They're probably, they're probably a seventh, eighth seed. And that's me trying to still be the voice of reason. Bet the 401k. Bet your kids college fund. Bet the money that you've been saving for that new house. And go get yourself a better house. Put it all on the Spurs to win more than 30 games. That is a lock. And again, and I'm telling you to do it now because I, at some point that's that, that's probably going to go up. I don't know. Are those just set in? I, see, I don't even know enough about it. I have to ask my good friends at BetUS.com on how that works. But if you can, today, I'm trying, as a friend, I'm trying to put money into your pocket. This team is going to be a problem. <laughs> YouTubers chiming in. Brandon Lanko said, Rudy woke up wanting to ruin lives this morning. <laughs> I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life. I'm trying to enhance your life. Y'all don't, y'all been listening to me. I got a lot of fans out there. Y'all been listening to me for decades, over a decade. Y'all know I'm not the lock guy. I'm not that guy. I'm super confident about this. You're going to be able to go from a house where your property taxes are about, you know, seven, eight thousand to a house where your property taxes are about ten to twelve thousand, you know, out there where Jason Minix lives. They're with the rich folks, where Joe Reinagle lives, or where Rob lives. 
My property tax is still pretty good. Might hear some gunshots at my house at night. That's a true story. I woke up one night, 12 sheriffs in those little yellow things where they keep the shell cases around my hoopty. Crazy. I'll, I'll tell that story another day. Bet the house. Bet the house. We're going to be talking about Wimby and the Spurs all day long, all week long, all year long. Because, again, it's one thing for us to be excited. It's a whole other thing for the rest of the country to be like, wait, what the hell is going on here? He took over my socials. And that's just Instagram. I ain't even talking about Twitter. He had Twitter going crazy. He had Facebook going crazy. He had the world going crazy. It's Wimby Mania, and I think it's real. I'm, I, I, I've retired from trying to temper your expectations. Party on. I even got my San Antonio hat on today. City on my back and on my mind. It's Wimby Mania. But next, Sunday, the NFL owns a day of the week. So it's only right we talk about it, even when the Cowboys don't play. Sarnar in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning to all and to all a good morning. It is R&R in the morning. Rudy J, Edwin Hafner. Rob, not feeling too hot. Had a little stomach ache. I don't know. Last, so when we played golf yesterday out at Golf Club of Texas, um, yeah, we had some, we had some brews. And afterwards, of course, we roll inside, go watch some football and we have some lunch and, uh, Rob, Jason, and I don't remember what pledge. I think pledge had a burger too. I think all three of them had a burger. They all three had the same burger. I had some wings. No jokes. Keep your keep your racist jokes to yourself. Yeah, I had the chicken, but keep, say something wrong, you get blocked. Um, <laughs> so I don't think Jason and Pledger are, are sick. So maybe Rob had something else once he got home that didn't sit well, or maybe he's just coming down with a stomach bug. I don't know, but whatever it is, I I don't want him here until he gets better, just in case, because I don't do well with stomach. YouTubers chiming in. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, San Antonio Sports Star, and like this show. Vince Trevino asks, Rudy, did y'all take shots after every swing and putt yesterday during the round? Hell no. I mean, look, we, we like to, we, we like to have a good time, Vince, but we're not, we're not luscious now. Come on now. Give us a little bit of credit. But anyway, and I forgot to mention during the Spurs segment, Zach Collins gets an extension, two years, $35 million, keeping him in the silver and black until 25, 26. He averaged 12.6 boards on 52% shooting last season. That's good. I think he's going to be a good protection piece for Wimby. So Wimby don't have to be banging and, 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 and shoving and pushing down low. One thing I will say about Wimby before we move to gumbo, I don't like the rebound numbers. I know he leaks out. I know they want to use him as a weapon in transition, but I need him having more than four rebounds at seven, four. Come on now. You should get 10. I just rolling out of bed. I know that I know they want to get out and run, but I'm going to need more than four rebounds, Victor. It ain't going to just be all happy-go-lucky. I'm going to pat you on the button. I love it. I'm buying in, but I need more than four rebounds. Moving on to the NFL. Detroit, here's your, here's your piece of humble pie. Have this humble pie. Now, I'm not, normally, Monday, I give out my humble pie awards for the week. I normally do it on Facebook. I'll probably start doing it here on air. But I do know two teams that are going to get a slice. That's going to be the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills. I got y'all's piece on the side, but no, everybody ain't at the table yet. So until everybody gets to the table, we wait for everybody. So we bless the food. Then we'll cut the pie and I will hand you y'all's pie. So just know, Detroit, you're getting a slice. Welcome to the Humble Pie Awards. We've been awaiting you. What the hell was that? 
I know Lamar Jackson is 16 and 1 against the NFC, but that no, 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 not 38 to 6. But every but but most good teams have laid a clunker this year. The Chiefs had a clunker in week one against those Detroit Lions, which is why we had Detroit very, very high in our power rankings. You can lose. You can lose when you're high in the power rankings, but you can't have that happen. Got your slice rating on you, Detroit. And Buffalo, Buffalo is, I don't know who the hell Buffalo is because Buffalo can beat the Chiefs, but then they'll turn around and lose to the Patriots. That's that's disturbing and it's troubling and it's a red flag because that means that your coaching and your and your leadership group aren't getting your team ready to play every week. That means you're rolling into games thinking, oh, we're going to win. Because you should have lost to the Giants. It should have been a, it should have been a pass interference for Darren Waller in the end zone. It should have got one more play. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor. All you have to people. Well, they have to pay Daniel Jones, Rudy. No, the hell they don't. I'm getting from Tyrod Taylor exactly what I'm getting from Daniel Jones for 40 something million dollars less. Half two GMs have to be fired at some point. Stop telling me it's just, oh, well, it's the quarterback position and it's the market, Rudy. It's just what you got to do. No, the hell you don't. Ask the New York Giants. Ask the New York Giants. Go walk around that locker room and say, hey, man, I'm going to let you uh, remain anonymous. You'd rather have Tyrod Taylor playing, right? Because you're getting the same production, but you're getting a guy that's not going to beat you. That's not going to get you beat. Excuse me. Walk around that locker room and ask the New York New York media, y'all messy. Y'all like a story. Y'all like to stir the pot. Walk around that locker room and ask them to re- remain anonymous. I bet you get a 65, 70% we'd rather have Tyrod. It'll still cause a firestorm, but at least it won't be no names attached to it. And then everybody on the team can go up to Daniel and say, hey, man, that wasn't me. I voted for you, dog. 40-something million dollars for Daniel Jones, but Saquon Barkley got a beg, scream, and holler to get his money. It's stupid. Half two GMs are stupid. That rule about, I just got to pay a quarterback just because I got to pay him, is stupid. And the Giants are going to be paying for that contract for quite some time. Danny Dimes. How the hell he get a nickname? How the hell you get a nickname and you ain't done nothing? Nicknames are deserved or reserved for people that do something. It was a wacky weekend in the NFL. Strange losses. But let's move to Sunday night. Last night. Eagles. Dolphins. Coming into that game, the teams that the Dolphins had beat were a combined 5-24. and 24. Let me say that again. Coming into last night, the teams that the Dolphins had beaten were 5-24 and 24 combined. And it looked like it. When they ran into Buffalo, Buffalo did them dirty. Which is, again, why I can't figure Buffalo out. And which is why I won't trust them. And I won't tell you to put your 401k or your kids' college tuition on Buffalo. Because I don't know. Because they'll turn, you know, I just don't know what team's going to show up week to week. But the Eagles coming off of their clunker of the year. They had lost last week and they needed to bounce back. And that's exactly what they did. Now, the talk of this game, one is tush pushing. We're going to get that. We're going to get to that. The Eagles had zero penalties last night. What the hell are you talking about? Referees, zebras. I, I, I looked up their names. They don't deserve to be mentioned. I don't want to make them famous. There is no way, under no circumstance, in any way, shape, or form, in an NFL game. Yeah, there's a yeah, exactly. NFL memes has a a picture of NFL uh, a fake picture of the Eagles hugging the refs. No way possible ever is there an NFL game where one team will not have any penalties. That's just dumb. 
That's just bad officiating. Those are the type of reps you don't want anywhere around your games. No way. And then there's a there's a still shot of four penalties. How did my man Cedric, former former Cowboy receiver, Cedric Wilson, gets his face mask not only pulled, head turned around right in front of the line judge. No flag on a critical fourth down. Critical fourth down. No no face mask. Zero penalties in sixty minutes. No, sir. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's what, see, and that, that type of stuff makes people talk about a stupid script. We know it's not scripted, but that's the type of stuff, when that type of stuff happens, that makes people believe that. Now let's go to the tush push. They went four for four on the tush push last night. Now I know we've been talking about the hip drop tackle. That's going to be outlawed at some point because that's just, that just makes so much sense. But this tush push thing, they, they've mastered it. They've absolutely mastered it. Now, Jason and Joe had Stephen Jones on, who's on the committee, to vote for these type of things. And they were asking him, is that something that the league should outlaw? Uh, you know, the, the tush push, is, uh, people are calling it now. Uh, you know, I don't think there's real, uh, you know, significant injury data uh, that would point to it. It leads to injuries. But, uh, you know, it's just a style of play. And uh, we looked at it hard in the offseason with the comp- competition committee and, just felt like it uh, was a play that we should leave in. So I, I don't necessarily see it getting the type of attention, in my mind, uh, the way the hip drop tackle is going to continue uh, to get attention. That's Stephen Jones, who joins the Blitz every Thursday, sometimes 4.30, sometimes 5. That's Stephen Jones. When Stephen Jones can come on, that's when he comes on. So it's, he's listed at 4.30, but that's Stephen Jones. He has his own private plane, okay? He, when he gets to the Blitz, he gets to the Blitz, and we're going to take him. So that was him on with the Blitz this past Thursday. And they shouldn't outlaw it. They shouldn't. If they if they do outlaw it, first of all, they should got penalties. But if I was the Eagles, I'd raise holy hell if we ever outlawed that. Just because teams can't – the only team that can stop the tush push, the only couple guys that can stop the tush push are Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox. <laughs> and, they, and, you, and we all know who they play for. They play for the Eagles. It's just it's – just, it, they've mastered it. It's unstoppable, and we got to deal with it. Outlawing the tush push would be like outlawing hack a shack. We're not going to change the rules just for one guy. We're not going to change the rule just because one team has mastered something. Not going to do it. Ass Strohs, A S S T R O S. Ass Strohs can't win at home. Sad. Don't know what the hell's going on. Let's discuss it. R and R in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star. Ball, one strike, one out. Oh, that ball is snoked to left field, and it is a grand slam. Adolis Garcia, and this time, instead of slamming the bat down, he just drops it and runs around the bases, and he has blown this one open. Ooh, it was quiet. It was quiet in the juice box, Minute Maid, whatever the hell you want to call that place. Uh, one thing I know you can't call it is a home field advantage, because... <laughs> Are you kidding me? But nonetheless, the two best words in sports, we have a game seven. You know, I'm having fun with it, obviously. But they are the Astros. And they've earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt, no matter how bad they've looked at home. And we we can hype it. And I'm pulling for the Rangers. First of all, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. I'm not that vested in any sport like that. 
the sports don't ruin my Mondays or my days anymore. You know, I stopped doing that a long time ago because, you know, started realizing like I'm sitting around at work mad and these dudes are headed on vacation. You know, we mad at the world. Monday, we ain't talking to nobody at work. We sitting around upset, letting them ruin our day. And they're headed to the south of France. They're going to rent yachts and have a good old fashioned time. And, you know, we sitting around mad. I don't, I'm not that vested. So I don't give a damn who wins or loses. I'm pulling for the Rangers. You know, Stroh's got a ring. Well, two rings, excuse me. So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers. Plus, my the, the station I work for is the home of the Rangers. So I wouldn't mind seeing them win. It'd be fun for us to have the World Series um, right here on San Antonio Sports Star um, with our, the team that we, you know, we cover. But in all actuality, I think it, I think the I think the Astros find a way to win tonight. Uh, we're, not, we're having fun with it. But they're the Astros. Right. I mean, this is what they do. They get themselves in trouble and they find ways to win. Just like, you know, they were able to win three in a row in Texas. Again, I know they stink at home. I get that. But they're probably going to win tonight. I, I'm, it is what it is. That's why they're the Astros. That's why they have two World Series. Even if one of them was, quote, unquote, cheating, everybody was doing it. whatever. We have a lot of fun with it. But Stroh's find a way to win tonight. Right. All the pressures on the Astros in game seven. I guess. If they fall behind early, the crowd's going to get tight. But they got dogs. Astros probably winning tonight. I don't know. But it's time to talk some Cowboys. They've been off a week. Todd Archer, ESPN, NFL insider and Cowboy extraordinaire, joins us next on r in the Morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. O oh, six hundred. What's the O stand for? Oh my God! It's early. Wake me up! Wake me up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake me up! Oh, wake me up! Wake up! Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? Begin each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It's R&R in the morning. Rob is out. Rudy and Edwin are in. Tune in to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. But right now, without further ado, we're joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter. Covers the Dallas Cowboys and has covered the NFL since 1997. Our main man, Todd Archer, like we do every Monday. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing all right. It's Good. a little different doing these deals, uh, <laughs> not from the West Coast. Where I, it's like three in the morning, it seems like, after a night game. <laughs> man, I, I swear, right before you came on, I was like, man, Todd finally up at a real decent hour and not five <laughs> in the morning trying to go and catch a plane and talk to us at the same time. So how do bye weeks work for you, Todd? Like, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter. See, you take you do you kind of just detach as well? I know you probably, of course, obviously, you're watching the NFL, but you kind of right. detach as well, kind of get your juices yeah. back going. I, I think once once I was done Thursday with writing my stuff for for the end of the week and the start of this week, I just kind of shut it down and said, uh, and, and then you just cross your fingers that no one's getting in trouble. Where you're going <laughs> to say, hey, the Frisco police, da 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 da, right. where you got to track that stuff down and. And honestly, what you know, what's funny about like weekends, like the bye week, it's really the only time you get to watch football because you think right. about it, we're we're at a game, so it's not like I'm watching these other games. So 
you know, you can watch a Sunday night game or, or maybe a parts of a noon game if there's a 3.30 kickoff or whatever. But, yeah, this is like one of the few weekends you actually get to watch football. And, hey, I was able to get to the State Fair yesterday, so that was nice. good, too. Nice. What's the best thing you had? Uh, the Biscoff cheesecake, fried cheesecake thing. Nice. That was unbelievable. Nice, nice, nice. Now, on Wednesday, you tweeted that they worked out eight players. Now, it was four offensive linemen, two linebackers, and two tight ends. What should I read into that, Todd? Should I read into desperation or just flat-out depth? Yeah, I think flat-out depth. And this is something that Parcells used to say. These, this is your Tidewater team. Okay. And Tidewater's like the AAA affiliate of the Mets back in the day. So that's something that he, he kind of just stuck with them. And this is what you, you do during this time is you find guys that, hey, if you have positions of need, who's ready, who's healthy, um, how, what kind of shape are they in, all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, maybe five or six of these guys are dudes that just got released by team. So they should be in good shape, right? And then a couple of them, okay, the offensive linemen. Who, who can play center? I, I think they're going to add the Glazer guy to the practice squad today. Okay. Uh, Chris Glazer was with the Jets. Um, they lost Harlow back to the Giants. He signed off the off the, the practice squad to go back to New York because of the injuries that they've had up there. I thought it was interesting. They have a couple tight ends in. Maybe Peyton Hendershot's injuries a little long-term than they think. Um, more than just a four-week IR deal, so the scene what's out there. And then we know linebacker is an issue with the Van Der Esch injury and just the sheer numbers that they don't have. So I, I think it was more looking for depth than looking for difference makers because, let's be honest, who's a who's out <laughs> right. there that's going to be a difference maker on the street right now? Hardly anybody. And then you get into the trade deadline as to what what they may do here by the end of next week or middle of next week. Yeah, I want to stay with the tight end, Ty, because I feel like, you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and Dalton Schultz isn't coming back. But I do feel like that was a true weapon that they lost. Now, I know you talked about the Hendershot injury, but considering when you look at Dak with Witten, when you look at Dak with Dalton Schultz, I think, have they gotten what they thought they would get from Ferguson up to this point? Yeah, we, we talked to Linda Wells last week, and he's happy with, with where Ferguson is um, and, and believes they are getting what what they should have gotten from her, from him. I think, you know, the issue is probably the the totality of the group hasn't produced the way you thought they were. Hendershot, really, he has one catch, and he's been hurt. Schoonmaker, their second-round pick, has one catch, has missed a couple of opportunities to make some plays. Dak has missed him as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that the when you measure what Dalton Schultz did, I think what they were trying to do was replace his production with multiple guys, and that's just not happened yet, uh, which is surprising because you said it. Dak has had this security blanket relationship with tight end since he's been there from Witten to Dalton Schultz. Uh, and, and he has that with Ferguson to a degree, um, but you, you want to see more production out of your tight ends. And some of that is, let's look at Mike McCarthy's history with tight end production. Mm-hmm. It's not right. It's not what we're used to from all those years with Witten and then with Dalton Schultz under, under Kellen Moore. It's a little different in how he uses or goes after his tight ends. Yeah, that that's very true. I, you know, a lot has been made, especially, you know, down here, we're cowboy country. A lot of people not happy with Mike McCarthy's play calling, Todd. For me, I feel like, considering what he told us all the way back in March about running the ball, I feel like because they haven't been able to run the ball and set up the pass and put Dak in a better situation, it's kind of just 
blown his game plan in the wind and he's kind of pressing a bit. Why can't they run the ball? Yeah, that, that's it's funny. I just wrote down things. Okay, what are things that they needed to get better at? And the first thing I wrote was the run game. Three three point nine per carry. You know, some of it I guess you can look at and say, well, they've not had their guys out of that. Well, they've had their guys the last two games <laughs> and they've not run the ball at all. So um, they, they do have to get the running game going in, in a better way. When, when you look at who they're going to be playing, how they're going to play. To me, the interesting thing some of the numbers are skewed in the run game because 40 to nothing against the, the Giants, 30 to 10 against the Jets, 38-3. So, so those blowouts really kind of skew what the Cowboys can be offensively or are offensively. And obviously the blowout loss to San Francisco was, was terrible as well. But they didn't really run it great against the Chargers. And, you know, that's something that you, you – that, you could always count on the Cowboys to run the ball. Maybe not as good as they were when they had Tyron and, and Zach and, and right. Travis Frederick at their peak, but they could still average more than three nine a carry. Have more than do more with their guys, whether it was Zeke, whether it was Tony Pollard, whether it was Demarco Murray, whether it was whoever running the ball. The, Darren McFadden had a thousand yards here too, and that's something that they they really have to come out of the bye week and get get the run game going. You've been around Jerry, and again, we're joined by ESPN NFL Insider Covers the Cowboys, Todd Archer. You've been around Jerry and Steven long enough. The Devontae Adams stuff, is it just is that just Cowboy Nation throwing stuff in the wind? We yeah, know he's disgruntled. There's, there's nothing there, right? Because even yeah. if so, that's not the – It's a, I guess if you want to talk about Gallup's not being able to get back to what he was, them not being able to get the ball to Cooks, but I don't think bringing in Devontae Adams even fixes anything because they're not – offensively clicking enough to even use a weapon like that and pay him $30 million. So I look at it, everything you just said is absolutely true, and I look at it from a different perspective, okay. and it's the cap. Gotcha. They're, they're kind of hosed next year where they are. I'm not saying things aren't impossible because every team can, can manipulate the cap however they want to manipulate it. But you're looking at Devontae Adams' contract. He's going to, let's say, I think it's like $28, $29, 30000000 million a year. They have to pay CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> they have to pay Michael Parsons. They got to pay these guys. So to me, if there if there's a trade that they're going to make, it's with a guy who's out of contract after this year. That it's almost a rental than it is a guy like Devontae Adams. Which again, I don't. I think that's just pie in the sky stuff that people want to say. Oh, he's unhappy. Let's throw the Cowboys into there. You know <laughs> right. that that stuff happens all the time. I I just don't think you'll see the Cowboys be players like that when they've got to tie up so much money on the guys that they do have. And, and not only the, the draft pick compensation. Again, with all the money they're going to have tied up on guys, they've got to have the, the, all these draft picks that make the team at low cost Great to point. fill in holes. So Great point. I don't see them being huge buyers out here in the market. doesn't mean that they won't. I would put it at 5% that they'll do something noticeable. Um, but it might be more along the lines of, Going to get a Jonathan Hankins, which is what they did a year ago, before the uh, right before the trade line, deadline, then it would be going and get Amari Cooper, which is what they did in 2018. Do you feel like McCarthy is pressing and feel like he's is he feeling the pressure? Because I, I, you're at the game, Todd, but I'm watching and they keep panning to him. They keep panning to him, and my guy looks he looks he looked a little bit under pressure. And then, you know, and after they got that final pick to you know seal the game. He seems so relieved. Is he is is he is he feeling the pressure a bit because he decided to take over the play calling and things aren't working out so well offensively? I 
I've not asked him that, so I don't, I'm hesitant to get into what his mindset yeah, okay. is. But I, I agree with what you're saying about how he looks. And, and let's be honest, now that he's the play caller, there's no out for him now. He can't say, mm. Jerry, you, you don't have me calling the plays. I, I, you know, uh, this is what I do. Now it's on him. And, you know, the, the, the buck stops with him now. And, and, and there's no other excuse that he can make. Um, he said he's playing to his defense. He's playing to his strength. He didn't do that a whole bunch in Green Bay because his offense was almost always the strength. Super Bowl year is a little bit different, but that was when they had a great offense and a great defense. So he, he could he could pedal to the metal a little bit and, and be okay. Um, I, I do think that you you're, you keep waiting to see like consistency in in their attack and their approach. And again, I'll go back to like you know four of their first six games have been blowouts either way. True. That is kind of impacted what they can and what they can do offensively. I don't mean that as an excuse, but that's why I think this next stretch, which he calls it, he's broken the season down into trimesters. You know, five of their ne- or four of their next six and five of their next seven are at home. This determines mm. the season because December is Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and Washington. Yeah, it's brutal you in December. You better be in a position to go two and three, three and two, and still make the playoffs. So you got to have nine wins, in my mind, by the time you're, you're starting December. Great point, great point. And, again, we're joined by ESPN NFL Insider covers the Cowboys, Todd Archer. Todd, you were, you were – well, the Cowboys were off. Did you get to watch I'll Kill Two Birds with One Stone, Rams, and the Eagles, their next two opponents? And if so, what did you think? I uh, did not see much of the Rams game. Okay. Um, but watch the Eagles game. What did you think? Um – they're good. <laughs> I'm breaking news. <laughs> no, uh, are they? I, are they? Because you know, Jalen Hurts. He's he's been turnover prone. He has right. six picks all uh, last year. Now you know he had a fumble yesterday. Had a batted tip. You know what? It, are they still that good? Or are they just lesser opponents? I, I, the the way that the, Miami's, uh, I look at Miami's offense and say, how are the Cowboys going to do against them? And right. right now, I don't know. Philadelphia held them to 17 points. Right, I mean, they they were able to, and do one was a pick that, six, but really ten when you right, yeah, right, yeah. They so, you know, they, and look, Tyree Kill is unbelievable how fast he mm. man. I just, I don't, I don't think I've seen a guy that fast on a football field. So they were able to do some things against Phil, uh, against Miami to to slow them down. Um, th- that probably impressed me more. I can't stand the brotherly shove. I hate the play. You don't like it? I don't. I don't like it because. Not because the brotherly shove. That's the first time I heard that. <laughs> well, I think that's what they call it. I, call, I so thought it was the tush push. Okay, okay, go. I went with bro- brotherly shove. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't like it. Not be, and I don't think it should be illegal or anything like that because heck, it, no one can stop it. No one can stop it. Um, but you're almost it's it's always first and nine when you're playing them, or or if it's if it's third and one, fourth and one, you know they're going for that, and that's an advantage to them. That they they're going to convert almost all of them. So th- th- uh, that that game when they play Philadelphia here November fifth up there, that's going to be as big as the Niners game because it's going to be coming off of okay, are you really if they beat the Rams right, which you think they should? Are yes. You, here's another test to show you: Are you for real or are you just a, a pretender? And they don't have to win the game; they just can't lose forty-two to ten like they do in San Francisco. They they have to, and I don't think they they view Philadelphia. They're not scared to play the Eagles. They've had success against the Eagles yes. uh, here in recent years, and really with Dak's been their quarterback. So 
Um, that that's going to be another I don't season defining game, I guess. But I I think the way Philadelphia goes, they they can make plays against them offensively. Uh, defensively, I wonder how they will be able to stand up against the run game. And you know, let's see if Julio Jones is now involved in this yeah. thing. AJ Brown, we know can make plays. Devontae Smith can make plays. And one thing the Cowboys defense has allowed is big plays, twenty plus plus. Pass plays much more this year than last year. Wow. And real quick, Todd, Micah versus the media, you've seen it all. Even if he's right, even if he's right, Todd, and I think a part of it is right, I think we do over-scrutinize them, is that that's not a battle he can win, right? Right. No, it's not a battle you can win. I'll go for something and look, Jason Witten and Micah Parsons might be personality-wise at the far ends of the spectrum, but Witten, when he retired, wrote when he was with ESPN, he wrote something about players and social media and he had a line in there that's always stuck with me and said keep your eye above the spectator line mm. and, and that's what this is mm. a little bit too with mike it's like dude the only thing you should care about is what dan quinn's telling you what mike mccarthy's telling you what jerry jones stephen jones will mcclay just care about that and i and look i get what he's kept was saying because there is a, a scrutiny that this me team too. faces that the carolina panthers don't but guess <laughs> right. what Mikey, you're in a Tocitos commercial because you play for the Cowboys. Yes. If you were doing this in Carolina, you wouldn't be getting a Tocitos commercial. <laughs> Amen. He's Todd Archer. He joins us every Monday at 7 o'clock. Cowboys face the Rams. We'll be talking to him Monday morning again. ESPN NFL Nation reporter covers the Cowboys. Covered the NFL since 97. Todd, always appreciate your time. Have a good week. We look forward to seeing you again. Sounds good. Talk to you guys next week. All right, my man. Thank you. Yep. That's Todd Archer, ESPN. NFL insider covers the Cowboys. Been doing it since 97. Doesn't like the brotherly shove. It's shocking. I don't have a problem with it, but I, I get it. it. It is one of those ugly plays, but whatever, man. It, it works for them. And, and Stephen Jones, who's on the rules committee, said, hey, we're, we haven't seen enough data that says it's causing injuries, so we just got to leave it in. It's you know, It is what it is. And, again, if I was Philly, I'd be upset about it. But that Cowboys-Rams this week, and I do think the Cowboys beat the Rams. I know we want to hype it up, but – they're not going to lose to the Rams, I don't think. I said that about the Cardinals as well. Rudy J, our, Rob is out today. When we get back, what is Sark going to do? Quinn Ewers is out. Who's in? 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz coming up starting at 2 o'clock today. Of course, we're all over the college and pro football weekend. Jeff Trailer will join us at 5.15 talking about that UTSA Roadrunner trip down to Florida. Plus, Astros, Rangers will do all of that and uh, try to catch up on sleep. Rudy, next time you make a 7 a.m. team time, don't call me, man. Hey, hey. You just get a, a, a small peek into the world of Edwin, myself, and Rob. Just a small peek. We get up at 3.30. All right, you had to get up at six, bro. And you're a you're you're a Navy guy. You used to be a morning radio guy, and you're fifty. You're an old man. Your body wakes up on its own early, bro. Like you're an old man. You know, after fifty, you get up at five because you know you you don't think you got much time left on Earth. You know, I ain't gonna listen to no damn fifty year old talk about six o'clock wake up as early. That's normal. You're about you're about two three years away from going up to the mall and and walking around the mall to get your steps in. <laughs> yeah, we played some golf out at Golf Club of Texas on Sunday. That was the only tea time that that was available. Golf Club of Texas is tea time full. So if you want a tea time on the weekends, you better get on the golfcluboftexas.com right now. 
and get your Tetons book because they do fill up. There are always tournaments, and it's always a great time and always great food. So, And the weather is fantastic, and the course is in great shape. We had a blast, Rob, myself, Jason, and Pledge. But I'm not going to invite Rob if he's going to call in the next day. I'm not going to invite him anymore. You can't, you can't come play golf with us. Have some live, live, you know, some adult beverages and then call in the next day, bro. What are you doing? No, I'm kidding. My man don't feel good. Rob would love to be here on Monday. Mondays are always a blast when, especially this time of year, when you got, you know, NFL, you got the Rangers and you got the Texas Longhorns, who some would say struggled against the Houston Cougars. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. But again, I know it's hard to win on Saturdays. It's hard to win on Sundays, hard to win on Saturdays, especially on the road. Especially this was Houston's Super Bowl in my eyes. It was their Super Bowl. They were they were geared up. The crowd was amped up. And they got some players over there, man. They got some guys that can play. They got some athletes. It's Houston. And again, if Dana could keep some of those guys in Houston and keep them from LSU and keep them from UT and keep them from Bama and all over the, going all over the country, Houston's going to be a problem. And now that they got Big 12, they're going to be on Big Boy TV. They're gonna only, They're only going to get better. But Texas struggled. That's fair. But the story isn't the fact that they struggled because at the end of the day, they won. Hell, OU struggled as well. The story is Quinn Ewers, see, has a grade two AC sprain in the shoulder. He's going to miss a few weeks. And here we go. Here we go. Is it going to be Malik? Or are they going to start the arch era? I, Chip Brown, I wrote an interest, I read an interesting piece from Chip. He wrote it all, I would say, about a little over, about nine, nine and a half, ten hours ago. Long, in-depth story about Malik Murphy and his journey to UT up until this point that we're now is upon us. Keep in mind, when you talk about Malik Murphy, going back to his, going back to high school, he was going to go to Ohio State. He was going to go to Ohio State. The next thing you know, Ohio State, Signs Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers says, I'm going to skip most of my senior year. I'm going to go to Ohio State early. At that moment, Malik says, all right, cool. I get it. I'm going to go to UCLA. Chip Kelly came after him hard. UCLA was heavy. Well, his longtime quarterback coach, who's been his quarterback coach since he was in fourth grade, Danny Hernandez, made a call to Sark. Said, hey, Sark, I know you like Malik when you were at Bama. Would you mind taking a look at him? Sark took a look at him, loved him. Keep in mind, this kid, this guy, Dan Hernandez, also had Bryce Young. Just that, Yeah, that Bryce Young, Alabama, Heisman, first number one overall pick. So this guy, Dan Hernandez, knows his stuff. Called up Sark, rest is history. Well, <laughs> Malik decides to go to Texas, and guess what? And props to Sark. Props to Sark. Sark told Malik to his face, according to Chip Brown, hey, man, I'm going to go after a quarterback in the portal. I'm going to go after one. Malik, cool. No problem. Well, <laughs> that quarterback he went after the portal had with Quinn Ewers. Then, a little bit after that, they signed the legend, well, hopefully legend, Arch Manning. At that time, Malik has been, hey, you know what? Coach's phone, coach started blowing Danny Hernandez up, his personal quarterback coach. Started blowing Danny up. Hey, man. These are big-time Power 5 schools calling Danny. Hey, Malik, I don't think he should stay there. I don't think he should stay there. Malik wanted no part of the portal. Now, think about that. You got Quinn Ewers coming in, and then they sign Arch Manning. And Malik, in this era, in this era that we're in, 2023, Malik didn't run for the portal. 
when he could have easily ran for the portal, probably been starting right now for somebody at a, de- a big time power five school with a nice NIL deal. Because again, according to Daniel, according to Daniel Hernandez, his quarterback coach since he was in fourth grade, big time schools were coming after him once they got Arch and Quinn. Malik said, "Nope, I want to compete." And this has been his makeup since he was in high school. Quarterback that is now the quarterback at UNLV was starting ahead of him at that time in California in high school. He could have transferred out of that high school, wanted no part of it, wanted to stay there and wanted to compete. So it's in Malik Murphy's DNA to stick around and compete because in all actuality, in the era we're in, and you could play as long as you can play and you can get your NIL, if that was my son, I probably would have asked him to transfer. I'd probably say, hey, son, you want to transfer? Malik wanted no part of it. So it's in him. It ain't on him. It's in him to be like, hey, man, I'm as good as Quinn Ewers. I'm as good as Arch Manning. I want to be in UT. I like Sark. I want to be here. And then at the spring game, we all know about the spring game. Goes nuts in the spring game. Pause. Went nuts in the spring game. According to Daniel Hernandez, phone was blowing up then. Two prominent Power 5 schools right after that spring game called Daniel Hernandez. Hey, man, Malik, sure you still want to stay down there? I don't know if he's going to get on the field. Malik wanted no part of it. 6-6. Strong arm. Malik's biggest problem is, going all the way back to high school, is availability. He's had a wrist injury. He's had a foot injury. He's had some injuries going back to it. And Sark has told him to his face. And again, props to Sark. Because in the era we live in where these coaches be lying to these kids, Sark has kept it real with Malik the whole time. Like, hey, man, I'm going to go after a quarterback in the portal. Wayne got Quinn Ewers. Told him to his face. Told Malik, hey, you can throw it a mile. But if you can't be healthy, I don't give a damn if you know the offense. I don't give a damn if you can command the huddle. Because according to Chip Brown, this guy's already one of the leaders in the locker room as a redshirt freshman. That's the only that's a backup quarterback. According to Chip Brown, this ain't Rudy. Chip Brown is in the end all be all when it comes to the Longhorns. And Chip Brown says this kid has a is a prominent figure and a leader in that locker room. I believe it. This is a RPP. This is a rich people problem, but it is a problem. It is a problem because all indications say he should probably go with Malik. But the problem is. He's probably going to go out there and look so good. How do you give Quinn the job back? How do you put Arch in? He's he's a red shirt freshman. If he if he comes in, dominates, and looks like the guy that a lot of people think he could be, what do you do? Do you roll with the big money people and 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 succumb to the pressures of starting Arch Manning, or do you go with the guy that's probably ready right now and could probably win the job? Because Quinn Ewers ain't it. And the other RPP is. Quinn Ewers can't go to the NFL this this offseason. He ain't no NFL quarterback, not right now anyway. At best, he's a fourth-round pick. At best, third. I'll give him third. I'll be nice and give him third because some, because teams are desperate. He's got to come back to school. Malik wants to compete. Arch, It's Arch's world. I, I, saw, I saw Kevin Sumlin go through this. I saw Kevin Sumlin go through this exact thing. What is Sark going to do? And what is Sark going to do now? And what is Sark going to do going forward? It's an RPP, but it is a problem. I don't care, Texas fan. I don't care what y'all tell me. I'm going to die on this hill. This is going to be an issue at some point. It is what it is. I can't wait to see what he does. I can't wait to see what he does, and I can't wait to see what he looks like or Arch looks like, depending on what Sark decides to do. NFL gumbo. The rue is brewing. The pot is stirring. We're talking some NFL and what went on in a wacky, wacky Sunday. It's R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Devils roll the dice, angels roll their eyes. What doesn't kill me makes me want you more. And it's blue, shape your body, it's blue. Uh. 
Sing it, Taylor. Oh. Oh. Sing it, Taylor. Sing it, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor Swift was back in the building and Travis Kelsey acted like it. He balled out yesterday. What do you have? 12 catches, a buck 70 and a touch? Good Lord. Yeah, Taylor Swift was back. I don't know if she wanted to see him or she wanted to get a closer look at Justin Herbert. I don't know. Justin Herbert needs to be, he, he, not Justin. Brandon Staley should be fired in season right now. That team is awful, and it is because of Brandon Staley. He should he never should have kept that job. He should be fired today. And whoever the, whoever the L.A. GM is, he should be fired as well for not firing him last year and bringing in Sean Payton or anybody or Shane Stock, anybody. But nonetheless, we go back to, to the Swifties. And the most disturbing Taylor Swift, I guess, event went on yesterday. And props to her for bringing Miss Mahomes into the circle. But I don't need a handshake. I, 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 I The fact that y'all sat around and worked on the handshake and, and couldn't wait to do it, 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 it was kind of forced. It, it, it was disturbing. And then who let who let who let little Mahomes in who let little Mahomes in the suite? And he looks a little salty up there. Who let little we look? Patrick is from Tyler, Texas. I don't give a damn if it says White House. That's Tyler. It's like Converse. It's like Cibolo. It's Tyler. He's from Tyler, Texas. So I I hesitate to get on Patrick because he's from the crib. I'm from Tyler, Texas. Beast, Texas. East Texas. Beast, Texas. Nine oh three. 317 West 25th Street, North 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 Tyler. That's where I'm from. But we don't like his brother. He got, he 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 has a very high douche percentage. Who let him in the suite? I mean, we already we already we already allowed Miss Mahomes to hang out with 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 Taylor, so Miss Mahomes will feel comfortable. But I don't need a handshake. I don't need a handshake. I don't know when y'all worked on that. And I don't know why y'all worked on that, but I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Whoever, what was that, CVS yesterday? I don't. I have no time for that. I'm fine with Taylor. I get it. Travis is on TV more than, like my man Rome used to say, leave it to Beaver reruns. You know, Duke is Duke. Certainly Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than uh, leave it to Beaver reruns. You got to be an old school clone to know about that. You're, you ain't old school at Sports Talk Radio. You don't, you don't know anything about what I'm just talking about, but you could catch Jim Rome right here on San Antonio Sports Star starting at noon. I don't need to see that anymore, CBS. Taylor, Miss Mahomes, first of all, work on it. It was shaky. Y'all, I, clearly, y'all y'all worked on that about five minutes before the game because I know Taylor Swift don't have time to be, you know, showing up at the Mahomes crib working on handshakes. You clearly, y'all worked that out. It was, it, it was clunky. It was clunky, okay? But I'm fine with Taylor. I'm fine with Taylor. I have no problem with that. But the fact that they're forcing her to act like her and Miss Mahomes are tight, it, it, it it's forced and it's 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 a sore it's, it's it's a sight for sore eyes. I'll say that. Shout out to the YouTubers. Goldfinger says Tyler, Texas is a dry county. It was dry for a long time. I don't think they're dry anymore. Goldfinger one two three. Yes, we used to have to drive to Big Sandy, home of Lovey Smith. We used to have to drive to Big Sandy. We called it the line. We'd have to drive out there about thirty minute drive to go get our drink. And so what? It is what it is. Moving on, Detroit. Here's a slice of humble pie for y'all. Uh, we've been awaiting you. 
<laughs> We've been awaiting you. We were waiting for we were waiting for the Detroit Lions to come back to Earth, and they finally did, and they came back to they came back to Earth in dramatic fashion. What in the hell was that? What was that? Thirty-eight to six. Now I know Lamar Jackson is sixteen and one against the NFC now, but that can't happen, Detroit. We just we Rob and I spent a segment on y'all last week, and this is how y'all return the favor by doing that. You got to be kidding me. That was awful. The Eagles last night. I don't know. I, you know, we talk, I talked with Todd Archer about this a little bit earlier. I don't know what to make of the Eagles. Now, I'll say this. I'll say this. Against a high-powered offense. Again, I don't know. Well, I do know. Miami, coming into last night, the teams that they had beaten were a combined 5-24. and 24. So you could say that they gotten fat. On the weir- on the week. They gotten fat on the week. And the two times that they played somebody with the pulse, Buffalo, which we're going to get to them, Buffalo made them look bad, and Philly made them look bad. Now, Tyreek Hill, I still would have him as my MVP right now. I don't know how y'all feel. I don't know who do y'all have. Who do y'all have as the MVP right now? Seven weeks in, who's y'all's MVP? 656-3776. YouTube me. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the YouTube channel. Text me, 656-3776-656-ESPN. Who's the MVP right now? Because I was watching that game last night, and I was like, good Lord, is there anybody that is more scary for a defensive coordinator than Tyreek Hill? That's what I asked in the middle of the game. And then, you know, Philly showed me, well, we're not scared. And they handled Miami easily. Again, Miami scored 17 points. But seven of those were from a pick six from a tip ball. So to hold Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa to 10 points is impressive. Highly impressive. Goldfinger123 says Mahomes is his MVP. I can't argue that. He has gotten beat. He got beat by Detroit in week one. We already talked about Detroit. They got a slice of humble pie. And on Mondays, I normally on Facebook give out my humble pie awards. I'm waiting to give out my humble pie awards because I think Minnesota might beat San Fran tonight. Yes, I said it. Kirk Cousins is going to win a primetime game. And I think the Rangers may possibly, there's a possibility they could upset the Astros, but Astros probably win. But I'm going to hold out the humble pie awards until tomorrow. So if you're all waiting for me on Facebook for the humble pie weekly, it's coming. Detroit has a slice. Buffalo has a slice. We'll see after tonight. But Philly, <clears throat> Are they good? Because a couple of weeks ago, before going into the San Francisco 49er game, at RJ Ochoa, follow him on Twitter. He joins us every Friday at 730. Uh, we ain't worried about Philly. He didn't say we're not worried about Philly, but Philly doesn't scare us. Dak is 8-3 and three versus Philly. I will say this. Even though I think Miami, they're not frauds, but they're not as good as we think. <clears throat> I haven't seen Dallas put together a game like that against a good team, against a decent team. Not like that both sides of the ball. I haven't. Fletcher Cox. Jalen Carter. Good Lord. Menace. Just causing havoc, chasing down plays, clogging up lanes. He's just a dog. And then you got Fletcher Cox right next to him. Again, those are the only two guys that could stop the brotherly shove or the tush push, but they play for Philly. And Jalen Hurts, he still has the turnover bug, had a fumble yesterday, had a pick six off a tip ball. But that was a well-put-together game by Philly coming off of a loss. 
just like Dallas did. Dallas put together a win off of a, off, after a loss against the Chargers, but I haven't seen Dallas look as good as Philly. So this whole narrative that, oh, well, we're not worried about Philly, I think that narrative, you got to punt that narrative because that 8-3 and three that Dak Prescott is against Philly ain't got nothing to do with this current Philly team. It doesn't. It doesn't. And if you can't run the ball on the Los Angeles Chargers, you can't run the ball on San Francisco. How are you supposed to run the ball on Philly? RJ Ochoa pointed out Friday, they ain't allowing Dak to throw the ball over the middle at all. Regardless of what Mike McCarthy tells us, he don't trust Dak. Play calling is a tad bit shaky. So after what you saw from Philly last night, after what we've seen from Dallas the past couple of weeks, I, is that is that still the narrative? We're not worried about Philly? Because keep in mind, last year, the game they won against Philly, when Garner Minshew was the starter because Jalen Hurts had gotten hurt by the Chicago Bears, you're welcome. You're welcome, Cowboy fans. The Chicago Bears had hurt him. It took a third and 31 to T.Y. Hilton to win that game. Against Gardner Minshew. And this is the defending NFC champions coming off of a Super Bowl. And keep in mind, this is 6-1 after losing the Super Bowl. We all know the stats on the team that loses the Super Bowl. Philly, right now, on paper, we gotta see, we'll see in two weeks after Dallas beats the Rams. They're better than Dallas on both sides of the ball. And their coach is a little bit more comfortable right now. Now, I don't like Nick Sirianni starting to get on my nerves. You know, the whole flying after they got that last intercept to seal the game, flying around. It's, it's unbecoming of a head coach. Have some class, Nick Sirianni. Keep it classy. Keep it classy, sir. That, that's, that's unnecessary. He's starting to get on my nerves. But I do love me some Jalen Hurts. I love his demeanor. I love his attitude. Never too high, never too low. No, I don't think he's that. You know, I'm not sitting here telling you that uh, I think he's uh top five quarterback because I don't but I just love me some Jalen Hurts and I like that Philly defense a lot and they lost to quite a few people they even had Nolan Smith Jr. make a sack yesterday another Georgia kid two Georgia kids that the NFL decided to let them have in the NFL draft out there making noise Stephen Jones tush push brotherly shove I guess it's a topic. I guess. I don't know why. It's legal. They're not, they're, Stephen Jones told us they're not doing away with it. Let's hear from Stephen on the Tush Push last week on the Blitz right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, you know, the, the Tush Push is, uh, people are calling it now. Uh, you know, I don't think there's real, uh, you know, significant injury data uh, that would point to it. it leads to injuries, but, uh, you know, it's just a style of play. And, uh, we looked at it hard in the off season with the comp- competition committee, and just felt like it uh, was a play that we should leave in. So I, I don't necessarily see it getting the type of attention in my mind uh, the way the hip drop tackle is going to continue uh, to get attention. Yeah, that was on the bliss. You could ju- you could catch Stephen Jones every Thursday, sometimes four thirty, sometimes four forty five, sometimes five. Just get here at four thirty. That's Stephen Jones. When he gets here, he gets here. And when they get there, he um, Joe and Jason going to talk to him, and they're going to get that good inside info from him like they did right there. I don't think the tush push is going anywhere. You just got to have to learn to stop it. It's just it's here to stay. 
They do it well. And I thought Todd Archer said it perfectly. They're pretty much starting first and nine. You know, most most teams is first and ten. They're first and nine because if they need one yard at any point, <laughs> they're getting it. They're getting it. So if it comes down to that, good luck. And guess what the Cowboys don't have? They don't have a guaranteed one-yard guy anymore. Y'all said he was washed up. Y'all said he had to go. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. And he's and they're missing him right now. They're missing Dalton Schultz right now. If you want to keep rewinding, which is stupid to me, you're missing Mari Cooper right now. They brought in eight players last Wednesday. Eight. Four O-linemen. Two. No, yes, eight. Four O-linemen, two tight ends, two linebackers. Todd Archer said it's depth. Todd Archer said it's depth. I don't, whatever. I think some of it's a little bit of desperation, especially at tight end. Dak is missing Dalton Schultz. And they're not getting from what they thought from Ferguson that they thought they would get. In other NFL gumbo news, with two sacks versus the Colts, and I'm bringing this up for a reason. We don't talk Browns here, but I, I, I'm working on something. Be patient with me. With two sacks versus the Colts, Browns defensive end Miles Garrett, who has 82 career sacks, turns 28 this season, surpassed Reggie White with 80 sacks for the most NFL sacks by a player prior to his 28th birthday since 1982. Why am I bringing that up? I'm bringing it up because one guy is making noise with his play and making noise by dominating and making noise by beating the San Francisco 49ers and passing up Reggie White. Passing up Reggie White. While the guy we got to talk about is arguing with the media and doing podcasts. And partying with Michael Rubin. And worried about the wrong things. And fighting with the media. Going back and forth with the Acho brothers. And going back and forth with Rodney Harrison. Micah. Focus on what needs to be focused on. You said you're about winning Super Bowls. You said y'all could be the Ravens. You said y'all could be the Bears. You said oh, you want to win a Super Bowl. Well, you're not going to win a Super Bowl from your from your podcast. Get locked back in. Miles Garrett's doing it on the field, not in a broom closet, on a microphone with a blue light and a hoodie on, going back and forth with Sam Acho, or who was it? Sam was a man. Which Acho was it? Emmanuel. Okay, Emmanuel, whatever. He ain't going back. Miles Garrett ain't wasting his time going back and forth with Emmanuel Acho and posting his workouts and stuff. He's just out there doing it with his play, surpassing Reggie White and beating San Francisco, the team that demolished you, and you were a non-factor in. How about that? T.J. Watt making plays yesterday. Miles Garrett making plays yesterday. They're not worried about what they're going to talk about on their podcast. They're playing football. You're, and you're not, even if you're right, because Micah is right. We all talk too much Cowboys. I don't want to talk as much Cowboys as we, as we do. This, we're under strict orders. We're under strict orders because they say this is what y'all want to hear. I don't want to talk about the Cowboys this much. So if I'm under those orders, Mike, way down here in little bitty old San Antonio, what do you think Get Up and First Take and Acho and Fox and Skip and whoever? What do you think their orders are? And NBC Sunday night. What do you what do you think their orders are the exact same as ours? And it was like this long before you got here, and it's gonna be like that long after you. So even if you're right, Michael, we spend too much time talking about the Cowboys. It's not a fight you can win. Go dominate football games. Go catch Reggie White. 
Go have the impact you talked about. Go be the Bears. Stop fighting from your broom closet under blue light with a hoodie on. It's embarrassing. And you're better than that because you are a dog. Sarnar in the morning, San Antonio sports star. Texas cheer liquor. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Oh, wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the oh. Oh. left hand oh. slam. I want some rafting. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It is R&R in the morning. Rudy J. Edwin Hafner. Rob not feeling too hot. Hopefully my guy will be back in pocket tomorrow. Hopefully he's feeling better. Text me, be text pledge and I about 10 o'clock last night, 10, 20. No, it was 10, 20. Hey guys, I don't know if I ate something or what, but I'm feeling like crap. I'll follow up with you in the morning. Text me about three 30. I ain't going to make it. And shout out to pledge for, you know, offering to come in today. I man, get some rest, man. If y'all would have saw, if y'all would have known the day Pledge had yesterday, well, Saturday night going into yesterday, you would have let him, you know, take the day off as well. My man had in the evening Saturday, and it rolled into Sunday. And he has a huge black eye. And I'm going to leave that for the Blitz because I know my guy Minix. Minix and, and Pledge, that's, that's big brother, little brother. Minix can say things to Pledge that nobody else can. That's That's, you know, over a decade relationship. That's how they, you know, they it's tough love. They give it to each other back and forth. So I'm going to save that for them. Now, I don't know if Pledge is going to go into details about his Saturday evening slash Sunday morning. I got it. It was fantastic. I'll let them tell y'all the story. You need to tune into the Blitz. One, just to hear how Pledge got his shiner. Two, so Jason could tell you how well I'm hitting the ball. And three, I expect a, a explosive Texas Longhorn segment. From Jason and Joe. See, there's Joe Reinagle, and then there's Joe. I've had a few Reinagle. Texas is And that you're banned from that. Joe, I've had a few Reinagle. And when I say had a few, I mean he's had a couple of, you know, adult beverages. Is a beauty. He's an absolute beauty. Our WhatsApp. We have a little WhatsApp chat with the San Antonio Sports Star guys and you know, depending on the game, you know, we'll go back and forth. And during that Texas game, Joe, I've had a few Reinagle was getting loose. Now, he, you know, obviously he's coming in as a show sober, but I hope he keeps that same energy because he's not too happy with the Longhorns, not too happy with Quinn Ewers, not too happy with Sark. And, of course, Jason, who has a, a, a you know, a Longhorn tattooed on his, uh, on his lower back right next to a Cowboy logo. It's on his lower back. We don't ever get to see his lower back, but if he ever pulled up his shirt, he has a little tramp stamp of a longhorn and a cowboy on his lower back. He's going to be there to defend him. He's going to be there to defend him. So you want to tune into the Blitz today. It should be explosive. Now, a little house cleaning. At 9 a.m., we're going to be joined by the now 3-0 in the AAC head coach, Jeff Trailer to talk about their impressive, dominant performance in Florida versus FAU. They got busy. That defense is a problem. It's all coming together 
for UTSA, and they're doing what they always do, man, dominating their conference. Coach Trailer, man, I can't say enough about him and the job he's done. He's going to join us at 9. He also will be on the Blitz uh, later today. Also, um, tomorrow, the Blitz will be out at Texas Cheer Liquor number 6. And the Texas Cheer Liquor number 6, they got the margaritas to go. Those are fantastic. Get that extra shot. Blitz got a busy week. So tomorrow, Texas Cheer Liquor. Then Wednesday, the Spurs open up the regular season versus the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to be out at the Roop Hub as the Silver and Black open up the season. Of course, no better place to watch the game than the Roop Hub at 281 on Redland Road. Yes, sir. That's right. Home of Victor Wimbanyama. Then Thursday, they're going to be out at Anchor Bar for Thursday night football with Flight by Yingling. As the Bucks take on the Bills, so why wouldn't we be at Anchor Bar and Flight by England? We'll have a ton of great prizes. And then, of course, Friday, they're always out on location because that's what Jason does Friday Night Football. They'll be out at Gustafson, the home of the best Frito pie in all of high school football stadiums here in this great state, city of San Antonio, Texas, according to Frito Pie aficionado Jason Minnick. So it's a action-packed week for the Blitz. Make sure you get over there at 2 o'clock today after Jim Rome and the Clones. Wimby, Wimby, and Wimby. And when I, I've prided myself on being the voice of reason when it comes to this kid, and I'm like, hey, man, y'all better calm y'all's butts down. Relax. This is still a work in progress. I don't want to hear it. He's got to learn. There's going to be a learning curve, and they don't even know what lineups. There's going to be a whole bunch of different starting lineups. Man, listen, I give up. I give up. The show he put on Friday night, in a measly 21 minutes. Well, let's not forget the 21 minutes. There's 90 seconds of Wimby Mania. Block shot, dunk, block shot, fade away three. It's like there was a 90 seconds to where you saw where my eyes just got big. Because again, Friday night I was out at Bernie Champion for Bernie and Smithson Valley. Smithson Valley rolled 49 to 14. So after the game, I get home. It's a good drive for me from Bernie all the way back out to the SeaWorld area. And I, as normal, I say, okay, let me check my socials. You know, we had a Facebook post. We had some tweets. We had some Instagram. I was like, let me check Instagram. We had an Instagram post. Let me see my likes. Let me see if I need to respond to anything. And I hit my timeline, and I kid you not, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying this for effect. The first eight posts I saw as I'm scrolling, you know, when you scroll, you see some scroll, scroll. The first seven to eight posts were all highlights of Wimby in the Bay. And I... I was like, man, look, let me check what the over-under on the wins that they're supposed to have because whatever it is, is going to be over. But it's not going to be over just because of the 90 seconds of Wimby Mania that we saw. It's going to be over because this team has bought into what I feel like has rejuvenated Pop more than anything. Don't get it twisted. I'm not an idiot. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm an idiot. My wife will let you know that. Sometimes I'm an idiot. Yes, Wimby gives you a, a B12 shot. But what I think puts Pop over the hump is what's surrounding Wimby and the fact of what they've bought into. When you look at it, they've finally got a group of guys that they like. They're giving Keldon his money. They're giving Zach Collins, who just got extended over the weekend, two years, $35 million. They gave Devin Vassell his money. They gave Trey Jones his money. So while people like Rudy were screaming, why aren't they going after Dame Lillard? The hell is going on? They knew in their eyes that they had a bunch of guys that they liked Bought have bought in and are good compliments to Victor Wimbanyama. But the thing that's giving Pop, that's putting Pop over the hump, 
and has him more excited about this team than just Wimby alone is defense. We all been here. We all know Greg Popovich. We all know what he's hung his hat on his entire career. It's defense. Defense, 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 defense. He know Pop knows, hey, we're gonna so we're gonna miss shots. We're gonna have turnovers. We're gonna have offensive nights where we're just we just don't have it. But the one thing that can be consistent is effort on the defensive end and all being on one string and buying into the system. Pop talked about the defense and what he's seen this preseason. Uh, defense. I think that we made some good strides because we were pretty poor last year. By design. Uh, and this year they seem to believe that defense can help them win basketball games. And uh, that's been the best part of the preseason so far. That's that's he it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but I guarantee you because Victor's going to be Victor. And he's good. he's he's, he's going to be Victor. He's really good at basketball and he's going to be a superstar. But at the end of the day if they can't stop anybody, it won't matter. He's more excited about the strides this team has made defensively than anything. And another reason why he's started been starting or experimenting with Jeremy Shohan at the point guard. The reason he's been experimenting with Jerry Shohan at Jeremy Shohan at the point guard is because that makes the smallest guy on the court, Devin Vassell. There's nowhere for you to hide. Six four six four to seven four is the lineup. Keldon's what, six six, six seven? Vassell's six four. Zach six nine, six ten, Jeremy six nine, six six eight, six nine, and of course, uh Victor, seven three, seven four, whatever the hell it is. That's going to be tough sledding if you're trying to score on that team. And the way they're getting out and the way the way they're getting out in transition and the way is anybody get it and go, it, it, it could get really it could get really really scary for some teams out there. Pop talked about Jeremy Shohan and the progress and the experiment that is him playing point guard for this team. It's it's a work in progress. I ain't trying to hear it. He's 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 downplaying uh, that. You know he was out for a. A lot of the last season. He's downplaying season. that. You know, Devin Vassell was out. Uh, and you add Victor, uh, it's going to take some time to get them to figure out who each other is more than anything. But uh, we're getting there. YouTubers chiming in. Don't forget to subscribe to San Antonio Sports Star YouTube and also like this show. M-E-Z-B-X. Jeremy Shohan PG experience. Nonsense. He's no point guard. Sorry, champ. I'm not saying he is. M-E-Z-B-X. I can look at Jeremy Shohan and know he ain't John Stockton. He's not Chris Paul III. But who needs a true who needs a true point guard in today's NBA? Like who really needs the guy to bring the ball across the court and set up the offense? It, that's not where we are. It's not 1997. I don't need Steve Kerr or BJ Armstrong or John Stockton to cross half court, set up the offense. I don't need that any longer. It's a, it's a positionless NBA. We have positions just for the sake of having them, but we don't need a point guard. Whoever gets a rebound, kick it out to somebody, you bring it across, and we run our set. I don't need a traditional point guard, so I agree with you, M-E-Z-B-X. He, Jeremy Shohan may not be a point guard. So what? So what? Who cares? I don't think James James Harden didn't grow up playing point guard, but he plays point guard in the NBA. Same for LeBron James. People talk about, well, Magic Johnson the best point guard, and then I think it's Steph. I think it's Magic Johnson and then LeBron James. LeBron James, to me, is the second-best point guard of all time, even though he's listed as a small forward. I got two eyes. I know what I see. 
I'm not telling you that Pop thinks that Jeremy Shohan could be LeBron James, but I get the premise. And when I had Edwin check this morning, what was the over-under for Spurs wins? We said we saw 28 and a half, we saw 29 and a half. I'm telling you right now. And I'm not the gambling guru. I'm not the stone cold lock guy. But if you got a little bit of money put away for something for, for that rainy day, if you got a little something put, a, put away for your kids' tuition, take that money out your kids' tuition fund. College is a hustle anyway. They just stealing your money and then give you a $30,000 day. Well, you know, I know you got a bachelor's degree in marketing, but we we want you to go door to door and sell these vacuums to start. We want you to start at $13 an hour with that bachelor's degree. Take that money out your kids' tuition fund and put it all on the Spurs to win more than 30 games. And then you can send them to a bigger school to get that degree that won't mean anything to them. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. College is cool. I never own college. I'm just kidding. But I'm I'm being for real though. If you got a couple of dollars to play with, you got a little bit of money you've been saving for a rainy day, double it. I'm telling you, it's an easy bet. Easy bet after what I've seen. Easy bet they win more than 29 and a half games. That is a what they call in the gambling industry a Christmas gift. And I've tried, y'all. I've tried to be like, nah, I ain't buying it. It's gonna take time. I don't know if they're going to play defense like that and Wimby's going to do that. And he's going to like, I, I knew, I knew the kid liked to hoop. I didn't know he liked to kill. I didn't know he liked to kill. See, there's, there's, there's hoopers and then there's killers. Wimby's a killer. He wants to dominate on both sides, both sides. He's a killer. And the thing about it is Devin's turning into a killer. Keldon's got something to prove. Because Wimby's come in and they gave Devin the they gave Devin the big big dog money, and Keldon's like I asked Keldon back out his slackers on the slackers ten year anniversary, and I said what position are you? He said man I'm a hooper. They just extended Zach Collins to protect him. Jeremy's coming into his own. I like the depth. Take your little take that rainy day money and double it. As a friend, I'm trying to put money into your pocket. Easy, they went over 29 and a half games. And I'm the voice of reason on this. Rob, well, I talked to Rob yesterday out at the golf course. We were talking about Webby from Friday. Oh, my God. Rob about ran Rob about ran up a mountain talking about Webby. He's so excited. I've been trying to temper his expectations. I'm not doing that any longer. Let's party. This is going to be a fun, fun season. They're going to win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, baby. I'm, I do not like pop sounding like Austin Powers. With that said... <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk Longhorns. Let's talk college football. Let's talk about what we saw in the NCAA this weekend. What is Sark going to do? Penn State. James Franklin can't win a big game to save his gosh darn life. And, yeah, I just brought it. Somebody brought it up on YouTube right now. Shout out to the YouTuber. Subscribe. I, I, I don't know who's a bigger jinx. I don't know if it's me or if it's Joe. I, I don't know who's a bigger jinx. It is a close race. Joe and I, when Joe and I put our stamps down, it just, all that means is it's not going to work out. And I put my stamp down on one college team and I jinxed them. And we're going to talk about it because I hold my L's. I'm married. I've learned to take losses. I've learned to say I'm wrong. Like if you're married long enough, you learn to just admit when you're wrong. And I was wrong. I put my stamp on something else that turned into poop and I'm going to own it. Next on RR in the morning, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. 
Good morning, everybody. Joe Reinagle here coming up later on The Blitz. What a weekend of football it was, both college and pros. Cowboys will get their season back going. We will preview that. Certainly a lot of Cowboys talk. Plus, we'll talk with UTSA head coach Jeff Trailer coming up at 515 to tell us all about his weekend in Florida. Hey, Rob, you had a pretty enjoyable weekend, huh? The Aggies didn't lose. I'll answer for Rob. Because Pledge asked him the same thing yesterday, Joe. Um, Yeah, the Aggies didn't lose. They didn't. It's a good thing. Aggies have struggled. Aggies are going to be looking for a coach soon. I just hope it's not our coach. And when I say our coach, I speak of Jeff Trailer, who will join us in about 38 minutes. I'm not that good at math, but yeah, about 38 minutes. I, y'all, I got some Chris Tucker tickets to give away. Um... Chris Tucker, the Legend Tour 2023. Win a pair of Chris, pair of tickets to see Chris Tucker live at the Majestic Theater November 2nd. Tickets available if you don't win them at LiveNation.com. You got me already? You got me? No? Okay, you don't have me. We're gonna, I'm going to pull up some Chris Tucker sound. When you hear the Chris Tucker sound, be the seventh caller when you hear the Chris Tucker sound. We ain't going to play it right now. But when you hear Chris Tucker, so I'm going to make y'all keep listening. I'm tired of just giving y'all stuff, just sitting around, and then next thing you know, you've only been tuned in for three minutes, and I say be the sixth caller and you win some tickets. Nah, man, y'all need to start sticking around. I need to start making y'all work harder for this stuff. We give away some of the best stuff in, in, in the city, whether it be SmackDown, whatever the case may be. We always got great tickets, and we make it way too easy on y'all. I need some time spent listening from y'all's asses. Y'all need to work for these tickets. So when you hear Chris Tucker, be the seventh caller. And I don't know when that's going to be. And I don't care if my bosses get mad that I didn't set a time. Because I'm trying to keep y'all here. Because y'all, y'all are spoiled. You're spoiled. We tell you when we're going to give away tickets, what time. But no. When you hear Chris Tucker, be the seventh caller. If you don't hear Chris Tucker, then that means you wasn't listening when you were supposed to be. No, I'm not holding y'all's hands anymore. Over the weekend, college football, James Franklin, at some point, my brother, Got to win a game against Ohio State. Now, James, I'll tell you, yeah, they gave Harbaugh a while, too. It took Harbaugh a long time to beat Ohio State. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not calling for your job at all. I just want to see you get over the hump. I just want to see you in the playoff. I just want Penn State to return to its prominence under a black coach. To that Joe, that Joe Paterno-like prominence with the black coach. You know, it's not many of us that get those gigs. I want to see you succeed. What is he, one and nine versus Ohio State? And that one that one win was during 2016 season. So you haven't beat them in seven years, bro. Make that happen. Make that happen. Uh Florida State continues their run. Jordan Travis, uh 268, two touchdowns. They beat up on Duke. I uh, did not see this game, but Jason Minix was telling me about Big Penix energy. 275, two INTs. Did you see Desmond Howard do, screaming Big Penix energy on game day a couple weeks ago? That was that was unfortunate. Yeah, Big Penix energy. Got to win. Minix was telling me about that game. The Arizona State had them on the ropes, and Washington got a pick six to end that game. Oklahoma, you know, we talk a lot about Texas, and rightfully so. This is UT country. But Oklahoma had its struggles with uh, University of Central Florida. They only won. 31 to 29. They barely got out of there. Barely got out of there. Um, Oregon beat Washington State. And Bama handled Tennessee easily. I didn't think Bama was, you know, 10 points better than anybody, but they handled Tennessee. 
But again, I, I asked before the break, I don't know who's a bigger jinx. It's a, it's a tight, tight race. It's a tight race. Like Joe is a jinx. Speaking of Joe Ryan Angle, the Blitz, catch him two to six. Should be a fun show today. But so am I. I mean, Cowboy fans out here in San Antonio, as soon as I said, hey, you know, every year I leave the Bears. Every year. It's, it's, it's nothing new. I leave the Bears and I go back to the boys because, I, you know, I was raised in a Cowboy family. My family are a bunch of Cowboy fans. So, of course, I root for the Cowboys. But as soon as I went over there, everybody started screaming and yelling and hollering. No, we don't want you. You're a jinx, blah, blah, blah. Same with the Rangers. Rangers fans, my man down the hall, Ryan. As soon as I said I'm pulling for the Rangers, Ryan made his way down to the down to the studio and told me to get the hell out. Nobody wants me around. And they were proven right once again. You know, me, in an in, in attempt to troll Texas fan, <laughs> I jumped on the North Carolina bandwagon. And I was looking, I was like, damn, Mac Brown is top 10. They have a chance to go undefeated because they don't play Florida State, maybe not until the uh, ACC championship game. They got a chance. I was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if North Carolina made it to a playoff before the Texas Longhorns did? And I'd be damned <laughs> if the two and four Virginia Volunteers, what are they, Cavaliers? I don't even know their logo or their, their mascot. The Virginia Cavaliers beat them 31 to 27. Two and four, two and four, one and two in the ACC. And they beat North Carolina. So if you're a North Carolina Tar Heel fan in any way, shape, or form, I apologize. I, 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 I am deeply, deeply sorry that I did that to y'all. I should have just shut the hell up. In an attempt to troll Texas fan, I done jinxed the damn North Carolina Tar Heels. Sorry, Mac Brown. I still think you're doing a fantastic job, especially the way Texas ran you out. You know, you're still getting five stars. You're getting five stars, you know, hand over fist, but they start saying, oh, well, he ain't coaching them up. Well, ain't nobody coached them up since you left, Mac. And considering the resources you have in North Carolina, I think you're doing a fantastic job. My apologies. Longhorns. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Malik Murphy. Does the arch era start? What does Sark do? Now, when Quinn Ewers, of course, they struggled with Houston, but they won the game. They won the game. That's all that matters. It's hard to win on the road. And Houston is better. They're, they're, look, Houston's what, three and four now? They're, now they're three and four, but they were three and three. And that was their Super Bowl. That's why everybody's like, oh, well, Georgia's struggling. They're everybody's Super Bowl. Texas has been marked on Houston's schedule from the time they got the schedule. Like, that's it. That's the game. We want to send them out of the Big 12 with the loss. And Houston is recruiting better, and they're getting better athletes. That is a better team. And it's their Super Bowl. So they struggled, but nonetheless, they got the win. Quinn Ewers goes down. It looks like he's going to be out a few weeks. And when he went down in the game, they brought in Malik Murphy. They didn't bring in Arch. Now, I don't know. Well, obviously, you got to keep with the depth chart. But I don't know if Sark's protecting him. When I say him, I'm speaking of Arch Manning. And they don't want to, you know, roll him out there too soon, mess up his confidence. He struggles. And next thing you know, the wheels fall off of the Arch Manning uh, train. Or the the, the the Arch Manning track, the Arch Manning train falls off the tracks, should I say? But Chip Brown, the end all be all when it comes to Texas Longhorns, did a fantastic piece about ten hours ago on the journey of Malik Murphy. And the guy's a gamer, the guy's a competitor, the guy has a cannon. The only problem with Malik Mur- Malik Murphy up to this point is his availability, even going all the way back to high school. Had an ankle, 
He got to the college. He had a foot and he had a wrist and he's had some things. And Sark told him, props to Sark. I can appreciate a college coach being honest. In the era where coaches will say anything to get you to their campus because it's such an arms race, he was honest with Malik Murphy when he brought him on. He's like, look, man, I'm bringing you on. I like you. I want you here. But I'm going after a quarterback in the portal. That quarterback he went after was Quinn Ewers. Malik Murphy could have bolted. Boom. His longtime quarterback coach, who's been his quarterback coach, personal quarterback coach since he was in fourth grade, Danny Hernandez, said, as soon as they brought in Quinn Ewers, Danny Hernandez's phone starts blowing up. Big-time colleges say, hey, man, Malik got to get out of there. Malik got to get out of there. Malik wanted no part of it. In the 2023 era where kids run for the portal as soon as any competition is brought about, Malik has turned down the portal at least three times. Once when yours came to Texas, and one, well, tw- at least twice with Texas. Once when yours came to campus from the portal, and once when Arch Manning got there. Oh, three times, and after the spring game. So he's turned down a great opportunity to hit the portal three times. Three times Malik Murphy could have said, nah, I'm out. Wanted, wanted no part of it. Said he wanted to compete. And according to Chip Brown, he is a huge figure in that locker room right now as a redshirt freshman backup. If Chip says that this ain't Rudy, so I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know because it's coming from Chip Brown. If Chip Brown tells me and tells the world that Malik Murphy is an alpha in that locker room, I believe it. Now, the problem that Sark is running into, and it's a rich people problem, is if you do give the ball to Malik and he's him, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? The problem is Arch Manning should have went to Georgia. He should have went to Georgia. He'd be starting and he'd win three titles in a row. Simple. He should have went to Georgia. I don't know why he went to UT. Still don't like the choice. Didn't like the choice then, don't like the choice now. But Quinn Ewers ain't him. He's maybe a third-round pick, fourth-round pick. He's coming back to school. The big money and all the everybody and the sexy thing, everybody wants to see Arch. But what if Malik is the best player? This feels like Kevin Sumlin 2023 to me. NFL gumbo is brewing. It's what we get into when we get back. It's r in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. The Swifties are back, baby. Taylor Swift in the building. Travis Kelsey is popular as ever. 12 catches, a buck 79 and a touch in front of his baby girl. Taylor Swift up in the suite doing forced, awkward, handshake chest bumps with Miss Mahomes. I don't need that, CBS. I get it. I'm here for it. Swifty break as she's adding to the NFL. She's adding to their demographic. But that handshake was terrible and it was forced. And who let who let little Mahomes in the suite? Who let little Patrick in the suite? Shouldn't he be down on the sideline making TikToks? Well, why why who who approved letting little Mahomes in the suite? I thought that I thought the family already kicked him out because he stay in trouble. Why is he allowed in the suite? I mean, I get it that you got, you know, I get that Taylor got to be friends with, with Miss Mahomes. That's just like, that's just, that's just courtesy 101 for Patrick Mahomes for your quarterback. Like, hey, man, be cool with, be cool with her, please. And, and Taylor's gone out of her way to do that. But nonetheless, she continues to be a story and will be a story. Going to be joined by Jeff Trailer here in about 12, yeah, about 22 minutes. Yeah, about 22 minutes, we'll be joined by Coach Trailer to talk about their dominant performance over Florida Atlantic and 
start looking ahead to them coming home this week. They're back at the Dome this week. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about, because Taylor Swift was there, was the fact that Patrick Mahomes had his best offensive output of the season, threw for over 400 yards, threw for four touchdowns, had an INT. But that team that he was playing, the Los Angeles Chargers, everybody has to go. Everybody's got to go. Brandon Staley should be fired today, and the GM that elected to keep him should be fired today. Too much talent on that team for them to be that gosh awful. I don't even want to say God. I don't want to put God anywhere near that Chargers team. They're awful. And Justin Herbert deserves some, he deserves some, um, some criticism. We can't put it all on the coach. Justin Herbert, who I love watching throw the ball. It's a beautiful thing to watch him throw the ball, even if he's throwing it to the other team. Too much talent on that team. Brandon State, Sean Payton should be the coach in Los Angeles. That's the job Sean Payton wanted. But it didn't become available, which is beyond me. So he took the Denver job because he couldn't wait another year. It's tough to not cash a lottery ticket. Like, imagine hitting the lottery and you say, ah, I'm going to wait a year to cash it. I'm going to wait. He didn't want to wait. I get that. I'm like that sometimes, too. Like, I, 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 you know, with my phone, the last phone I got. Could have got the iPhone 13 at that time. But they're like, oh, you're going to wait a couple weeks. I didn't want to wait. So I took the 12 and I regretted it. That's what Sean Payton, that's what Sean Payton's going through right now. He wanted the Chargers job. They didn't fire Brandon Staley, so he took the he took the Bronco job, and they suck out loud. They finally got a win. But look who they got a win against. They, that team is awful. Sean Payton will regret that as well, not waiting for Brandon Staley to get fired. I don't know who's going to get that job now. But no, the Chargers are gosh awful. Um, Justin Fields, I'd like to thank you for participating with the Chicago Bears. Your time is up, buddy. And it's not because Badgett is good. He's not. <laughs> He's okay. Whatever. But when the, when the backup comes in and they find a way to put up 30 points, it just it just makes Justin look bad. And you look at Badgett's numbers, they're pedestrian. I think he threw for a buck 65, <laughs> something like that. It was awful, but the excitement was there. The guys were playing hard. It just made Justin Field look awful. It just made him look bad for them to win that game. Again, they were playing some nobodies as well. I'm not about to sit here and act like they beat the San Francisco 49ers or something like that. But it just makes Justin Fields look bad. This regime didn't draft Justin Fields. But I'll say this. I don't like the fact that they won the game. I mean, I'm I'm okay with Badgett making Justin Fields look bad because I was the guy saying they should have drafted Bryce Young and not traded away the number one overall pick. Now, if they would have done that, not only would you have a quarterback that's going to struggle because there's no weapons around him, but then you wouldn't have the Panthers' first overall pick as well if you if you went on and drafted Bryce Young and not traded it away. So there's some benefits to it. There is a few benefits to it. So I'm not I'm not gonna go crazy on it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose my mind on it. But again, I think Justin Fields. I think it's clear now that his time in Chicago is upon us. Um, YouTubers chiming in. Subscribe. Sean Payton should have been the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Watch your mouth, Fred. Watch your mouth, Fred. We, there will be no Mike McCarthy slander on this show. Mike McCarthy is doing the best he can with what he has been given. Jason Mejia on YouTube. Coach Prime on the Denver sideline in three years. Hey, I don't know. Dion says he don't want to coach pros. So I'll leave that at that. Kellen Moore be the next coach of the Chargers. I, I, why? What's Kellen doing up there? But there'll be no Mike McCarthy slander. He's dealing with an average quarterback. 
his best defensive player, is more worried about fighting with the media, more worried about getting home and doing his podcast than he is dominating games. It's cool, Micah, that you're doing all that. I'm down for it. I'm in the content business, and you provide a lot of content on a weekly basis. Keep doing it. But Miles Garrett is in Cleveland breaking Reggie White's records. That's what Miles Garrett is over there doing. He's not over there trying to, he's not over there arguing with Emmanuel Acho and Rodney Harrison. He's not over there arguing with Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith and telling them how to do their jobs. He's, he, he's worried about beating the San Francisco 49ers, the team that stumped the mud hole in y'all. That's what Miles Garrett is doing. TJ Watt's making game winning plays, game saving plays. That's what TJ Watt is doing. You worried about what's the media, you worried about what the media is talking about. And even if you're right, Micah, you're right. We all spend too much time talking about the Cowboys. I don't want to talk about the Cowboys as much as we do. Under strict orders to make sure we do. We're the home of the Cowboys. This is what we do. We go to their camp. Yeah, we got to do it. It was like this long before you, Micah, and it's going to be like this long after you, sir. And you're fighting even though you are right, Micah. You are right. We all spend too much time talking about the Cowboys. You can't win. You remember remember what Adrian, how Adrian told Rocky and Rocky Four. You can't win. You can't win this fight. There's too, it's too many of us. I don't even really consider myself media. I'm an entertainer who happens to talk about sports. You're not going to pigeonhole me. I'm not just some sports dude. I'm an entertainer. And I'm damn good at it. Can I say that, Edwin? I'll say it anyway. I don't give a damn if I can't. You can't win. It's too many of us. You can't win. Get back to being focused on what you need to be doing, which is figuring out how to dominate and how to have impact. You're more worried about getting into your damn broom closet and and, and talking on, on, on air about things that you really know nothing about. You have no idea why we all have to talk about the Cowboys like we do. It's been that way, bro. Go get a life. Get a life, Micah, and your life should be focused solely on beating the Rams and then finding out how to deal with that team we saw last night in the Philadelphia Eagles, who a lot of people told me two, three weeks ago that they're not worried about the Eagles. And I'm calling cap. For those that don't know what cap means, cap is just like, y'all, that's hogwash, that's nonsense, you're talking nonsense. That's cap. The Eagles are as good as you, if not better. So this whole narrative that the Cowboys ain't worried about the Eagles because Dak Prescott is 8-3 and against the Eagles, fair. You know what I mean? We all you can do is go off the credit report, but that eight and three record has nothing to do with this Philadelphia team because while Miami, I'm not willing to call them a fraud. I am willing to say they're not as good as maybe we thought. But I haven't seen the Cowboys put together a game on both sides of the ball like the Eagles have, like the Eagles did last night. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen a good game. I haven't seen a game like that from the Cowboys. And now I would say this: that was the first one for the Eagles. That was their first game that they put it all together. Because, again, to only give up 10 points offensively, they only gave up 10 points offensively. Miami scored 17, but seven of them was a tip ball pick six. So they only gave up 10 points to that high-powered offense with Tyreek Hill. Impressive. That's That's a more impressive defensive performance than anything the Cowboys have done considering the opponent. Considering the opponent. The Giants aren't Miami. And we're going to talk about the sorry-ass Giants and Tyrod Taylor. And we well, we had to pay Daniel Jones. All right, let me know how that $98 million left guaranteed on this deal works out. 
Let me know how that works out. The Jets aren't Miami. The Patriots aren't Miami, which Buffalo, disgusting. Go away. Go sit in the corner. I got a piece of warm, humble pie waiting on y'all tomorrow. Got a piece of warm, humble pie waiting on Buffalo and Detroit. But none of y'all's Cowboys winning the Chargers. Even the Chargers aren't what Miami's offense is. And Philly made that Miami offense look silly. And I think Tyreek's the MVP. I said that early on, and, and, and Philly shut all that down after I, after I tweeted that. Put the jinx on Miami, too. That's just what I do. YouTube chiming in. Pumba Grubs, you're going to talk about the bad officiating. I'm glad you brought that up, Pumba. I'll read y'all's YouTubes when it adds to the show. And that does add to the show. Because those officials, Pumba, should be embarrassed. Under no circumstance should any NFL game, 60 minutes, should a team walk away with zero penalties. That's it. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. The fact that Philly didn't get one flag thrown on them. Not one. It's a travesty. If I'm Miami, look, that ain't the reason why we lost. But that, that that's just not that, how. In what way? And I, there's a screenshot, a still shot of four different penalties, clear penalties against Philly on Twitter floating around. You could, If you follow Clarence Hill Jr., who will be joined by us tomorrow at 7 o'clock, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, he tweeted out a still picture of four different pictures of Philly committing penalties that did not go call. So that's just four. So if I got a screenshot of four, I know they committed at least another three. No way they didn't go without any penalties. You're right. You're 100% right on that, Pumba, especially on the former wide receiver for the Cowboys, Cedric Wilson. Huge fourth down play. Gets his face mask. Not only hit, but pulled and turns the man's helmet around, turns his head around. Line judge standing right there, literally three yards away, and keeps the flag tucked. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. But that doesn't dismiss the fact that they held that Miami offense to 10 points. Miami stinks on the road. And Miami, when they played against a good team, they've looked bad. They looked bad against Buffalo, who I don't know if they're good either because Buffalo can beat Kansas City, but then they'll lose to New England. I don't know if they wanted Bill Belichick to hurry up and get his 300s win or whatever. And then they played Philly, speaking of Miami, and they look bad again. 10 points, that's impressive. Dallas don't have a defensive performance against a team that high-powered like offense. No, they couldn't even stop Josh Dobbs. They couldn't stop Brock Purdy, but they're going to stop. And by the way, they play Miami and Tyreek Hill a little bit later on in the season. As Todd Archer told us, hey, December is brutal. You better get fat right now. They need to get fat right now. Four and two is a great start. Four and two is a fantastic start, but they need to get fat before December because December could be three and two, two and three. I don't know which way you want to go. You're going to lose some games in December, so get fat now. So this way you have a couple of games to play with. And what's a tough uh, tough def, uh, excuse me, December for any team? For any team. Now moving on to Buffalo. Really? Really? The New England Patriots? The New England Patriots... Hell, Rob thinks they're trying to lose. Now, when I come to find out, you know, I'm playing golf with Pledge, and Pledge lets me know Bill Belichick has signed an extension in the middle of the night earlier this season. I had no idea. Now, another point Rob brought up last week was he is now only 25, I want to say like 25 wins away from passing Don Shula. We had, now we went through that with Pop, him becoming the all-time winningest coach. And first of all, we were never going to get rid of him, but I'm saying like for certain Men, certain coaches, certain legends, 
you kind of let them hang on for those type of milestones. Now, 25 wins, considering the way this Patriots team looks, is a long way away. Is a long way away. <laughs> unless they figure out something, unless they get a quarterback in this year's draft and they can turn it around. I don't I don't know. What, 25 wins for Bill Belichick? That's what, another maybe three years? And that's me being nice. That's one one year where they win nine and then two where they win eight. I don't, I don't, I don't think they win eight this year. If they win eight this year, I'll tip my cap to Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien because I don't, I don't see it. Buffalo, I, again, I don't know who this is and I don't know. That's why I don't trust them. That's why I wouldn't bet the house on them. Because they play great one week and then they play down to the competition the next, which means that your coaching and your leaders on the team aren't getting you ready to play for everybody. You're not approaching the game with the proper fear every week in, week out. You're not doing it. And that's clear because some of the losses that y'all have just make no sense. Again, the first, hell, I'll go to the first one of the week, first one of the season. When you lost to Zach Wilson and the Jets after Aaron Rodgers went down after four plays, Bears beat up on the Raiders. Browns found a way to beat the Colts 39-38. The Giants, 14-7, they beat the Commanders. Now, this is two. Now, Tyrod Taylor is now one and one. You're getting from Tyrod Taylor exactly what you're getting from Daniel Jones. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tyrod Taylor is better than Daniel Jones. I'm not. But what I am going to tell you is you're getting the same production from him, and you're not paying him a guaranteed $98 million. Half two GMs have to be fired at some point. They paid Daniel Jones because they quote-unquote had to. And everybody's always telling me, Rudy, is this what the league is? It's just it's just the way it works. Why are you so hung up on money? Because of Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones. But you make a Saquon Barkley look like a, a bad teammate and a bad guy because he's holding out for his money. Y'all gave all of Daniel Jones' money, excuse me, all of Saquon Barkley's money to Daniel Jones, only to be 2-5 and five at this point. It's dumb. It's dumb. And now they're stuck with $98 million guaranteed to them. Good luck with that, G-Man. And, and, and the commanders, ugh, seven points against Tyrod Taylor, seven points. You go three shutout quarters. Really? I guess y'all are going to be in the competition for a quarterback, too. Good, good thing it is a quarterback-heavy year coming out of the draft. Falcons hold on to beat the Buccaneers. They move to four and three. Of course, we talked about the, the Detroit Lions coming back to earth. Everybody had them in their top power rankings. Everybody said they're a threat to come out of the NFC. And Lamar Jackson went nuts. 357, three touchdowns. He's now 16-1 and versus the NFC. The Steelers, T.J. Watt. Hear that name, Micah? Steelers and T.J. Watt, they beat the Rams, who the Cowboys are facing now. Seahawks got over on the Cardinals. And those sorry-ass Broncos got a win over Jordan Love. Now, Jordan Love, another person, Edwin, another guy that I, I gave the stamp of approval to, and this ain't looking good. Again, I don't know who's a bigger jinx. I don't know if it's me or if it's Joe, but it is a tight, tight race. Oh, man, we're having fun. We're going to be having some more fun. We're going to be joined by head coach of UTSA, Jeff Trailer. Talk to him about the win. Talk to him about what's upcoming. Don't go anywhere. We still got Chris Rock tickets away. When you hear Chris Rock, be the seventh caller. It's Chris Rock. Chris Tucker. We don't talk about Chris Rock. He's a punk. He lets people slap him and don't do nothing about it. Chris Tucker tickets. R&R in the morning. Jeff Trailer at 9. Sit tight. Kubota dealer and get a great deal on a brand new Kubota M-Series tractor during the Ewald Kubota inventory. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. 
Bob Thompson. Ginobili the other way in transition to the back oh, with a left hand oh. slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R and R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It is R&R in the morning. Thank you all for tuning in. Well, without further ado, he's been waiting long enough. We're joined right now by head coach of your UTSA Roadrunners, Coach Jeff Trailer. Good morning, Coach. How you doing this Monday morning? I'm good, Rudy. How are you? Man, I can't complain, Coach. I'm not, I'm not doing as good as you. You've, you've now won four in a row. How you feeling this morning about your team? Well, it's only three now. I'll be, three. Oh, be I'm sorry. I gave you one cheese. extra. I'm sorry. My bad. No. I, I, you we're know try, we got to eat the cheese. We're trying to fly low over here. I got a lot of rat traps. Got a lot of cheese out in the building today. And uh, <laughs> even got my even got my pinky snapped last night. One of my small seniors, uh, I had all the rat traps, mouse traps, you know, untriggered, not triggered. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my small uh on the podium, I talked to them. They put a, a loaded trout and i touched that sucker and it snapped my pinky and my pinky looks like it got hit by a hammer today rudy so <laughs> my pinky's already got 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 by the rat trap <laughs> well coach, i get i i get it and you've been this way we've been talking to you for a few years now you've been this way and i get it but when i look at the defense coach uh, it, it's tough not to it's tough i'm sure for you and for the team not to get excited you don't give up an offensive touchdown and it's just another back-to-back performance. You only give up ten points on the road. We got to talk about the defense a little bit without eating the cheese. We really only gave up three because we threw a pick six. Right. That's what I mean. They didn't give up an offensive touchdown. Right. Right. Correctly. So, you know, it's a fine line because the first two games against Houston and against Texas State, that was the defense y'all saw. Right. Then we disappeared for Army. We disappeared for Tennessee. We disappeared for Temple, and then we've been back. You know, for two weeks in a row. So inconsistent would be the way I would describe our football team this year, and uh, I'm just I'm just going to make sure with all my power, whatever I can do, to not allow us to go backwards. We just got to keep getting better, and we have we have gotten better uh, for the last month of October, and and we've now two weeks in a row we played good on all three phases of the of the game. That's the first time the entire season we've been good. It's the first time the entire season the two one zero triangle of toughness has showed up. And that's what the triangle is. It's all three parts of the game. It's playing complementary football. And we've done that now two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm, Let's stay with special teams because I don't think they get enough credit. I, I want to talk about Lucas Dean and Chase Allen. It's specifically Lucas Dean because your defense is playing so good. But when you have him, and again, we, know, we don't ever give punters or kickers any love, but your punter, Lucas Dean, when he has three punts inside the 20 with the way your defense is playing, that to me is the definition of complimentary football because it just makes it that much tougher on the team. No, well, the way the defense is playing right now, it's going to be tough for anybody to go 90 plus yards on y'all. And there's the number one punt return in the country. He was averaging 27 yards a return. Wow. And he had zero on us. Wow. Uh, not a yard against Tennessee. Their guy was number three in the country. He had four yards on us. Uh, so he has done a fantastic job. Let's talk about complimentary football. He pinned them down the three-yard line. Cam mm-hmm. Alexander is the one that down the ball. Joe Evans gets a sack in the end zone for the safety, two points. Right before halftime, Chris Carpenter on the punt return gets the ball down to the 35-yard line with 27 seconds left. We get a field goal right before halftime. 
So, so many of those plays that people don't really talk about. They like to talk about Frank, the receivers, the running back, the defense, the teams, man. That's where the game is. The Houston game, if you want to be negative again, we gave up the huge return because mm-hmm. we didn't cover the punt like the hoot. So, you got to be good in all three phases if you want to win championship football. And we're, we're, we're really proud of that now. We, we, don't, we don't shy away from that. That's 13 consecutive conference wins in a row. Uh, we're 25 and wow. three in conference play now for four years. We're 19 out of 20. Uh, our last 20, we've won 19 of those. That's because we play complementary football, and that can't be lost in all this. But you don't want to see you, all those stats you just rattled off. But you don't want us. To, you don't want us to throw the cheese out there. 25 and three. Oh, you don't want us to throw the cheese. Line. <laughs> it's, it's a fine. It is, Rudy. It's, no, I know. It is a tough. It's a tough line to walk for all of us. Oh, we're just we're, we're we're all we're all spewing off facts. But at the same time, in September, none of that stuff showed up. So for, I don't know if it ever showed up. Now, I want to talk to you about the quarterback position because we spend a lot of time talking about we're down here in Cowboy Country. It's you guys and it's Cowboys. And they talk a lot about, you know, Dak Prescott and turnovers and stuff like this. Now, as far as you're dealing with quarterbacks, Coach, how do you say, Frank, we got to take care of the doggone ball, but also not take away his instincts to just go out there and play. Like, how do you navigate that as a coach dealing with your quarterback? Because you don't, you want to take care of the ball. You got to win the turnover battles. But at the same time, you got to let Frank be Frank and be out there instinctively. I think you know me well enough. You, you tell the truth. Like, mm. right? People hide from crud. It's so easy to say he had three turnovers in the game. Okay. Well, let's look. Let's look at each one of them. Okay. My, my young receiver, MA, he ran the wrong route. I mean, so I mean that is that on Frank? See, I Kinda. think we got to we got to let you got to let us know that, Coach. That's right. Because again, we're just watching on TV. So, right, right. The second one, we, we call a screen. It's going to house call. I mean, we have a real chance to score. Our offensive tackle doesn't do a very good job on on the cut block. I mean, he threw way too early. He didn't set him up. He didn't high wall him, and then chop his eye. So the defensive end tips it. Defensive tackle catches it. Runs nothing, and nothing Frank could have done about that. Nothing. Mm. Now. On the fumble, on the four-minute drill, that's on Frank Harris. His mom is going to spank him for that. That's on Frank. <laughs> Ball security. But I'm going to defend my kid. He's trying to get the first down. He reaches, which he should not have done. He knows better. So that one is on him. So when you speak factually to young men and you speak factually to people, it goes better. Now, i got to be careful because that young freshman receiver, him and I are like, you know, I know that I've known that kid's entire life. Some kids you can't tell the truth to the media about because the kid can't handle it. Mm. Devin McEwen, he can handle it. His IQ is through the roof. His maturity is through the roof. He's as good a freshman receiver there is out there. And he, and he came right back after that mistake on a sky check, makes a heck of a catch right inside of the, the out of bounds. For, and then Frank got targeted, so we got 15 more on that play. So Devin can handle tough coaching so we can speak about him publicly. Okay, good. We're joined by Coach Trailer of the UTSA Roadrunners. Coach, how do you how do you handle and balance Barnes and Henry? And then you threw Rocco Griffin in there this week, like just saying, "Hey, we're going to be a better football team if we kind of not low manage you guys, but if everybody kind of gets involved, it's for the betterment of the team." Especially in twenty twenty three, when everybody wants to be the man, everybody's coming and clawing at you for nil deals. How have you balanced two guys that could be flat out bell cows? and getting them to understand we're better off if we do it this way. Just what you say. You tell the truth, load manager. There's not one position on the field that gets hit harder, and everybody's looking at more than the running back. It's just like a boxer analogy. There's only, there's only so many punches those guys can take in their careers. So I'm looking at longevity. I'm looking 
those NFL scouts can tell with 10 carries per game how good each one of those kids are. And when they get mm. to the league, they got a lot more carries left. I didn't like to run sincere the way I did. We just, if you remember back then, Brendan Brady kept getting hurt. We couldn't get a load share. Even last year, we had three backs. We couldn't keep. We lost uh, B. Brady, and we lost Traylon. So we had to ride Kavorian. And he was the only bat we had for the bowl game. Left us Kendrick was hurt. So you just got to be careful those running backs not to overuse them. Uh, I would always go two to three backs, and we'll try to as long as we're here. The problem again with the transfer portal. Who knows? You not you might not have it one or two because people <laughs> might leave. You never know anymore. Yeah, that's so true. Especially yeah, the portal. I, again, I, well, you've talked about it at, at length. I mean, everybody uses it, but it's about how you use it and, and trying to go by the rules and trying to be respectful of your fellow coaches and fellow universities is how you go about it. I guess that's the way we. I guess that's the way you would approach it, from what I've no. heard. And we've been we've been from it as well. Now right. it can't just be well. We lost the one player that we did, which is factual. But Cam Alexander, the corner, we got him out of the portal. Nick Choi Fortune, the corner, we got him out of the portal. We have our share. We've got Joe Evans, and he was a tackle LSU. We got him out of the portal, right? So running backs, Rocco Robert, <laughs> got him out of the portal. So I mean, we can't. You can't have it both ways, right? We can't be sitting here complaining about it. Well, to your point, what I've I've never disagreed with it. I don't like people tampering with rosters. If the kid wants to get in on his own and try out the free agent market, that's fair. But for coaches to try to pick people off their roster, that's bad ball. That's where we got to stop. I agree. I agree. I agree. And you brought him up. I was going to bring him up, but you helped me lead me that way. Joe Evans <laughs> – and Nick Troy Fortune. First of all, the pick by Nick. Oh, that, the, that. you know what I mean? The athletic ability. And then Joe Evans. Where? What y'all feeding Big Joe? Well, he, he Joe likes to have fun in the summer. He likes to eat a little <laughs> bit. So it takes him about November before the man gets in playing shape. And he dominated last year, about right here on in. I'm counting on Big Joe doing the same all the way down the stretch now for me. Yeah, Nick, that interception was fantastic. Now, I, I would consider this, I know you won't, Coach. I, I would consider this a trap game. You got a team that's one and six coming in to the dome. Uh, you, you trying to keep the guys focused and not, not look at the records and just say, hey, this is a good football team? Because, I mean, we saw a few upsets this weekend. Well, that's one thing in itself, but then let's get factual again. Okay. I wouldn't want to play Michigan. I wouldn't want to play Marshall. I wouldn't want to play App State. Rice is playing very good this year. They beat Houston. We did not. SMU's a really good football team. The only game you look at and you go, what, that doesn't make sense, is Charlotte. And then you pull back a little bit and zoom in a little closer. you got both Carolina rivals there. So when it's a rivalry game, you throw that out the window. They're the number two defense in the country when it comes to rushing yards allowed. Uh, that's, that's impressive. Now, they're top 25 in the country, total defense. They've been in every ball game. They're very scrappy on defense. They have struggled moving the football. It's going to be, if you had to look at it, probably a low-scoring, close ball game. Got you, got you, Coach. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you because you always you always tell us the truth, and you know the wind blows a little bit harder at the top of the mountain. You've had some success, so sometimes you and you felt that I think this year more than ever, people coming for you. As far as Joshua Cephas went, you know the reports started coming out that maybe he's had a few issues, and some people some people in the media maybe thought that you maybe should have sat Joshua Cephas. How are y'all handling the Joshua Cephas thing, and or y'all just planning to keep that internal? Yeah, I mean, people on the outside don't know what we know on the inside, okay. right? So there's a lot more to that story than what's being told. And 
you got to be careful that thing needs to play out, uh, you know, in the court system. It's not fair to play it out in the public. So that's just not a good thing to do. Um, I know his attorney and that judge and all that, they're working through all that stuff. But, yeah, it, it's sad that that kind of stuff has to be done that way uh, just to try to, you know, it is what it is, Rudy. It's, it's the way we are uh, nowadays. Is you successful, uh, Coach? It come with it. Yeah, it is what it is. So he's a, he's a young man. We've already talked about it enough. We're going to keep that right here and uh, know that Dr. Compost, President Amy, and I are going to do what's best uh, for the kid first and foremost. Right. And uh, that's that's where we're going to leave that. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, Coach, Halloween's around the corner. Now, you talk with our afternoon show. A little on Mondays as well. Now I don't know if you remember, but our our, our host of the Blitz, who you're going to talk to later this afternoon, you know he went as you to Halloween last year, right? I don't know if you saw it was it was, he didn't do a great job, but he I applauded the effort. <laughs> I, I don't know that I remember that. You got to uh, ask him about it because <laughs> he tried be a, it. That'd be a that'd be a pretty easy look to pull <laughs> off. Just put on a cap, put on a cap, and put a whistle on. That's about all I got. That's all I got, Rudy. <laughs> That's exactly what he did, Coach. I always appreciate your honesty. You know, we got your back. Good luck this weekend, and I appreciate you chiming in with us this morning, as always. Always fun to talk to you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. God bless. Birds up. My man, God bless. Birds up. He's Coach Trailer. They're UTSA. They're 4-3, and 3-0 and in conference, doing what they do. As he just said, I didn't even realize that. They're 25-3 and in conference over the last four years. That's, that's insane. Again, and it just comes down to one of those things where – it's frustrating as a as a UTSA fan. Um, my wife graduated from UTSA in 06. It's like because when you look at what they've done in Conference USA and now what they're doing in the AAC, if the dollars were there, and that's nobody's fault. That ain't Coach Trailer's fault. That ain't Miss Compo's fault. That's nobody's fault. But if the dollars were there, they belong in the Big 12. But it's we all know it comes down to politics and money. And you know facilities and basketball and all lot. There's a lot of other things that go along with it, other than just putting a great brand of football on the football field, which is what they've done. So again, if the money was there and the facilities were there, UTSA should be in the Big Twelve. I mean, when you look at twenty-five and three in the last four years in conference play, highly, highly impressive. Thank you to Coach Trailer. Thank you to you, our people over at UTSA, for making that happen. You can hear Coach Trailer again later on today on the Blitz and hear him and Jason talk about. Their uh, Jason's Halloween costume. Yeah, I mean, it was easy to pull off. It was easy to pull off. Jason, he did, he pulled it off. Did you you remember that outfit, Edwin? He tried. He tried. It worked. But a for effort. Yeah, a for effort for sure. For sure. Wimby, defense, pop, over under Spurs. It's time this Wednesday. And this Wednesday, the Blitz will be out at the Roo Pub for the Spurs' first game of the season versus the Mavericks. It's r in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz coming up starting at 2 o'clock today. Of course, we are all over the college and pro football weekend. Jeff Trailer will join us at 5.15 talking about that UTSA Roadrunner trip down to Florida. Plus, Astros, Rangers will do all of that and uh, try to catch up on sleep. Rudy, next time you make a 7 a.m. tea time, don't call me, man. Damn. You see, you try to include people, and you know, in your in your inner circle, and this is how they treat you, you know, like damn. And not only that, like, dude, you're fifty, all right. Like your body wakes you up at that time anyway. You're about two, three years away from walking around the mall to get your steps in. 
with Skechers on. Like, you're up anyways, bro. I get up at 3.30. You had to get up at 6. Come on, bro. You're, you'll be fine. And not only that, it was worth it out at Golf Club of Texas. Myself, Pledger, Rob, and Jason got out there. And the best place and best time to book your tea time at golfcluboftexas.com is right now. Because I'm telling you, those tea times fill up. We met Pledge and I pulled up because Pledge picked me up. I'm down to one car right now because my wife's car is backed up on parts and I already used the 30 days of the rental and I'm not paying no rental car out of my pocket. So I had Pledge pick me up so my wife could keep the truck. And Pledge picked me up, I'll say about 6.30. So we pull up like, what, 6.45? And the parking lot's full. I'm like, damn, Golf Club of Texas is doing really pretty, 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 pretty good. So shout out to San Antonio Sports Star. I'm, I'm sure we play a small part in those tea times being booked as such. But, yeah, we pretty much teed off. Not only was it dark, but there was a layer of fog that made it look like the pet cemetery out in the woods. Because some of the views, because when you ride up to the first hole on Golf Club of Texas, you can see from miles. It's a beautiful sight from up there and from the 10-cup bar. But it was like a layer of fog. So, one, we teed off in the dark, one, because, you know, who cares? Because we're not going to hit good shots anyway. And, two, we had to because the course was already pretty much backed up. So, if you want to get out there, Book your tea time today at golfclubtexas.com. Um, before I get to Wimby, before I get to the Spurs, before I get to Pop, before I get to their defense, James Harden, according to Woj, is still absent from the Sixers, Sixers practice, and it's unknown if Harden will be available for the 76ers, the season opener versus the Bucks on Thursday. Not, it's a bad look for the NBA. You know, everybody's kind of putting it on James Harden. Like, oh, well, it, this is just on James Harden, and James Harden looks like an idiot. No, the NBA looks bad. The NBA has enti- pampered and entitled these guys into thinking that this is the, how you. This is what you have to do when you don't want to be somewhere. Like the NBA is, the, and I don't think there's anything you can do. I mean, when you go, you can go all the way back to. Dwight Howard, he forced his way out of Orlando. Chris Paul forced his way out of New Orleans. Anthony Davis forced his way out. Pretty much Dame Lillard forced his way out. We've seen guys over the years just force their way out when they don't want to be somewhere. Now, keep in mind, James Harden forced his way out of Houston to get to Brooklyn. He wore a fat suit to get to Brooklyn. Then he forced his way out of Brooklyn to get to Philly. And now that Daryl Morey, the one time, doesn't want to give James Harden his way, He's acting like a child. But again, this is an NBA problem. It's not just a James Harden thing. James Harden is playing by the rules that have been set by the NBA and by these teams of always giving in to what the player wants. Kawhi forced his way out of here. Now, Kawhi wanted to be a Laker. The Spurs weren't going to send him to L.A. But he, nonetheless, he forced his way out. So this is James Harden, the NBA. It's been a problem. But now this is like, this is what James Harden is doing is putting this issue on steroids. He's just playing by the rules. He's just going like we, as men, we do, we, we do what you allow us to get away with. And that's what James Harden is doing. This, the if Houston's done it. Brooklyn's done it. And now he's trying to get Philly to do it. He's just doing what the NBA has allowed the, t- these players to do. So I don't, I don't blame him. I blame the NBA. Fix it. Y'all got, y'all got people making seven, you know, seven figures. To figure these things out. It ain't up to me to figure out. It's just up to me to talk about it. The guy just refuses to come to work. Making $35 million or four, whatever the hell he's making. Making a whole lot of money. Daryl Morey's made him and his family and his great-grandkids and his great-great-grandkids very rich. 
And this is how he repays Daryl Morey. Very, very sad situation. But back to Friday night, and we're going to be looking ahead to Wednesday. We're going to be looking ahead to, well, we're going to be heavy with the Spurs. Because, again, I tried to be the voice of reason, and I'm no longer going to do that. I'm no longer trying to temper your expectations. I'm I'm in. as, As Coach Trailer would say, I'm eating the cheese. I'm eating the Wimby and the Spurs cheese. I know I had Edwin look it up before the show, 28 and a half or 29 and a half. That's the over-under for Spurs wins. I'm telling you, bet the house. Bet the house they win more than 30 games. That is what they call in the business a Christmas gift. Flat-out Christmas gift. I, I, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. But again, Friday, Friday night, what I saw Friday night is Rudy coming around to getting on the Wimby bandwagon. Rocky Casillas. First of all, shout out to the YouTubers. Press subscribe. And if you're watching, press like. It takes a half, it takes point four. You could press like quicker than Derek Fisher ended the Spurs in 08. Yeah, that was a shot. Um, it's just that simple. If you're watching on YouTube, press like. If you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe. It, it, it costs you nothing. But Rocky, let me explain something to you. I was never not on the bandwagon. I was just trying to be the voice of reason. Like, you know, Rob is hyping it up. Like, no, I ain't waiting. I ain't waiting. I want it. I want it now. I want Rookie of the Year. I want this. I want that. I want it now. And I was just like, whoa, easy there, Cowboy. Relax. Hold on. This is still a work in progress. He still got to learn the game. He still got to grow. He still got to get stronger. They got to put everything around him. Nah, man. This is probably a seventh or eighth seed team. And it ain't just because of Wimby. It's because of Asselt. It's because of Keldon. It's because of Pop. And it's because of defense. And again, Pop got a B12 shot. When that when that lottery ball landed in San Antonio, it was like Popeye getting his spinach with, with, with Coach Popovich. He got his spinach. He woke up. But what got him even more hype is what he's seen from this team's defense in the preseason. Uh, defense. I think that we made some good strides because we were pretty poor last year. By design. Uh, and this year they seem to believe that defense can help them win basketball games. And uh, that's been the best part of the preseason so far. They're gonna be good, man. I didn't want to. I didn't. I, I just didn't want to allow myself to be let down. They're gonna be really good. They're gonna be really good. They're gonna lose some games. They're well, you know, they're gonna lose their fair share of games. But what I'm saying is, they're gonna lose those games because they're really young still. Fourth quarter, playing those veteran teams, just learning how to close out teams. But what they're doing defensively and what Wimby brings as far as just being a flat-out cheat code in those 90 seconds, what we saw on Friday night, is going to be a lot of those nights. It's going to be a lot of those nights. They're going to be really good. I'm just, I'm just going to accept it. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the Cowboys. Oh, oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, good morning. Wake up and stop yawning. It's r in the morning. Rob is out. Rudy and Edwin are in. Tune in to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. But right now, without further ado, we're joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter. Covers the Dallas Cowboys and has covered the NFL since 1997. Our main man, Todd Archer, like we do every Monday. How you doing, Todd? 
I'm doing all right. It's Good. a little different doing these deals, uh, not from the West Coast. Where I, it's like three in the morning, it seems like, after a night game. Man, I, I swear, right before you came on, I was like, man, Todd finally up at a real decent hour and not five in the morning trying to go and catch a plane and talk to us at the same time. So how do bye weeks work for you, Todd? Like, I, you know, I follow you on Twitter. See, you t- you, do you kind of just detach as well? I know you probably, obviously you're watching the NFL, but you kind of detach as well, kind of get your juices yeah. back going? I, I think once once I was done Thursday with writing my stuff for, for the end of the week and the start of this week, I just kind of shut it down and said, uh, and, and then you just cross your fingers that no one's getting in trouble where you're going <laughs> to say, hey, the Frisco police, da 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 where you got to track that stuff down. And, and honestly, what you know, what's funny about like weekends, like the bye week, it's really the only time you get to watch football because you think right. we're we're at a game, so it's not like I'm watching these other games. So you know you can watch a Sunday night game or or maybe a parts of a noon game if there's a three thirty kickoff or whatever. But yeah, this is like one of the few weekends you actually get to watch football. And hey, I was able to get to the state fair yesterday, so that was nice. Nice was the best thing you had. Uh, the Biscoff cheesecake, fried cheesecake thing. Nice. That was unbelievable. Nice, nice, nice. Now, Wednesday, you tweeted that they worked out eight players. Now, it was four offensive linemen, two linebackers, and two tight ends. What should I read into that, Todd? Should I read into desperation or just flat-out depth? Yeah, I think flat-out depth. And this is something that Parcells used to say. These, this is your Tidewater team. Okay. And Tidewater's like the AAA affiliate of the Mets back in the day. So that's something that he, he kind of just stuck with them. And this is what you, you do during this time is you find guys that, hey, if you have positions of need, who's ready, who's healthy, um, how, what kind of shape are they in, all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was interesting, uh, maybe five or six of these guys are dudes that just got released by team. So they should be in good shape, right? And then a couple of them, okay, the offensive linemen. Who, who can play center? I, I think they're going to add the Glazer guy to the practice squad today. Okay. Uh, Chris Glazer was with the Jets. Um, they lost Harlow back to the Giants. He signed off the off the, the practice squad to go back to New York because of the injuries that they've had up there. I thought it was interesting. They have a couple tight ends in. Maybe Peyton Hendershot's injuries a little long-term than they think. Um, more than just a four-week IR deal, so the scene went out there. And then we know linebacker is an issue with the Van Der Esch injury and just the sheer numbers that they don't have. So I, I think it was more looking for depth than looking for difference makers because, let's be honest, who's a who's out there that's going to be a difference maker on the street right now? Hardly anybody. And then you get into the trade deadline as to what what they may do here by the end of next week or middle of next week. Yeah, I want to stay with the tight end, Ty, because I feel like, you know, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, and Dalton Schultz isn't coming back. But I do feel like that was a true weapon that they lost. Now, I know you talked about the Hendershot injury, but considering when you look at Dak with Witten, when you look at Dak with Dalton Schultz, I think, have they gotten what they thought they would get from Ferguson up to this point? Yeah, we, we talked to Linda Wells last week, and he's happy with, with where Ferguson is um, and believes they are getting what what they should have gotten from her, from him. I think, you know, the issue is probably the the totality of the group hasn't produced the way you thought they were. Hendershot, really, he has one catch, and he's been hurt. Schoonmaker, their second-round pick, has one catch. 
has missed a couple of opportunities to make some plays. Dak has missed him as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that the when, when you measure what Dalton Schultz did, I think what they were trying to do was replace his production with multiple guys, and that's just not happened yet, uh, which is surprising because you said it. Dak has had this security blanket relationship with tight end since he's been there from Witten to Dalton Schultz, uh, and, and he has that with Ferguson to a degree. Um, but you want to see more production out of your tight ends. And some of that is, let's look at Mike McCarthy's history with tight end production. Mm -hmm. It's not, right. It's not what we're used to from all those years with Witten and then with Dalton Schultz under, under Kellen Moore. It's a little different in how he uses or goes after his tight ends. Yeah, that, that's very true. You know, a lot has been made, especially, you know, down here, we're cowboy country. A lot of people not happy with Mike McCarthy's play calling, Todd. For me, I feel like, considering what he told us all the way back in March was about running the ball, I feel like because they haven't been able to run the ball and set up the pass and put Dak in a better situation, it's kind of just blown his game plan in the wind, and he's kind of pressing a bit. Why can't they run the ball? Yeah, that, that's it's funny. I just wrote down things. Okay, what are things that they needed to get better at? And the first thing I wrote was the run game. Three three point nine per carry, you know. Some of it, I guess, you can look at and say, well, they've not had their guys out of that. Well, they've had their guys the last two games, <laughs> and they've not run the ball at all. So, um, they they do have to get the running game going in, in a better way. When when you look at who they're going to be playing, how they're going to play. To me, the interesting thing, some of the numbers are skewed in the run game because forty to nothing against the the Giants, thirty to ten against the Jets. 38-3. So, so those blowouts really kind of skew what the Cowboys can be offensively or are offensively. And obviously the blowout loss of San Francisco was, was terrible as well. But they didn't really run it great against the Chargers. And, you know, that's something that you, you, that you could always count on the Cowboys to run the ball. Maybe not as good as they were when they had Tyron and, and Zach and, and right. Travis Frederick at their peak. But they could still average more than 3-9 a carry, have more than – do more with their guys, whether it was Zeke, whether it was Tony Pollard, whether it was DeMarco Murray, whether it was whoever running the ball. The, Darren McFadden had 1,000 yards here too. And that's something that they, they really have to come out of the bye week and get, get the run game going. You've been around Jerry – again, we're joined by ESPN NFL insider covers the Cowboys, Todd Archer. You've been around Jerry and Steven long enough. The Devontae Adams stuff, is it just is that just Cowboy Nation throwing stuff in the wind? We yeah, know he's disgruntled. There's nothing there, right? Because even yeah. if so, that's not the it's a I guess if you want to talk about Gallup's not being able to get back to what he was, them not being able to get the ball to Cooks, but I don't think bringing in Devontae Adams even fixes anything because they're not offensively clicking enough to even use a weapon like that and pay him thirty million dollars. So I look at it, everything you just said is absolutely true, and I look at it from a different perspective, okay. and it's the cap. Gotcha. They're, they're kind of hosed next year where they are. I'm not saying things aren't impossible because every team can can manipulate the cap however they want to manipulate it. But you're looking at Devontae Adams' contract. He's going to, let's say, I think it's like $28, $29, 30000000 million a year. They have to pay CeeDee Lamb. They have to pay <laughs> Michael Parsons. they got to pay these guys. So to me, if there if there's a trade that they're going to make, it's with a guy who's out of contract after this year. That it's almost a rental than it is a guy like Devontae Adams. Which again, I don't. I think that's just pie in the sky stuff that people want to say. Oh, he's unhappy. Let's throw the Cowboys into there. You know <laughs> right. that that stuff happens all the time. I I just don't think you'll see the Cowboys be players like that 
when they've got to tie up so much money on the guys that they do have. And, and not only the, the draft pick compensation, again, with all the money they're going to have tied up on guys, they've got to have the, the, all these draft picks that make the team at low cost Great to point. fill in holes. So Great point. I don't see them being huge buyers out here in the market. doesn't mean that they won't. I would put it at 5% that they'll do something noticeable. Um, but it might be more along the lines of going to get a Jonathan Hankins, which is what they did a year ago, before the, uh, right before the trade deadline, than it would be going to get Amari Cooper, which is what they did in 2018. Do you feel like McCarthy is pressing and feel like he's, is he feeling the pressure? Because I, I, you're at the game, Todd, but I'm watching and they keep panning to him. They keep panning to him. And my guy looks, he looks, he looked a little bit under pressure. And then, you know, and after they got that final pick to, you know, seal the game, he seems so relieved. Is he, is, <laughs> is he, is he feeling the pressure a bit because he decided to take over the play calling and things aren't working out so well offensively? I, I, I've not asked him that. So I don't, I'm hesitant to get into what his mindset yeah, okay. is, but I, I agree with what you're saying about how he looks. And, and let's be honest, now that he's the play caller, there's no out for him now. He can't say, mm. Jerry, you, you don't have me calling the plays. I, I, you know, I, this is what I do. Now it's on him. And, you know, the, the, the buck stops with him now. And, and, and there's no other excuse that he can make. Um, he said he's playing to his defense. He's playing to his strength. He didn't do that a whole bunch in Green Bay because his offense was almost always the strength. Super Bowl year is a little bit different, but that was when they had a great offense and a great defense. So he, he could he could pedal to the metal a little bit and, and be okay. Um, I, I do think that you you're, you keep waiting to see like consistency in in their attack and their approach. And again, I'll go back to like you know four of their first six games have been blowouts either way. True. That is kind of impacted what they can and what they can do offensively. I don't mean as an excuse, but that's why I think this next stretch, which he calls it, he's broken the season down into trimesters. You know, five of their next, or four of their next six and five of their next seven are at home. This determines mm. the season because December is Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and Washington. Yeah, it's brutal you in December. You better be in a position to go two and three, three and two, and still make the playoffs. So you got to have nine wins, in my mind, by the time you're, you're starting December. Great point, great point. And, again, we're joined by ESPN NFL Insider Covers, the Cowboys' Todd Archer. Todd, you were, you were – well, the Cowboys were off. Did you get to watch – I'll kill two birds with one stone, Rams and the Eagles, their next two opponents. And if so, what did you think? I uh, did not see much of the Rams game. Okay. Um, but watch the Eagles game. What would you think? Um they're good. <laughs> I'm breaking news. <laughs> no, uh, are they? I, are they? Because you know, Jalen Hurts. He's he's been turnover prone. He had right. six picks all uh, last year. Now, you know, he had a fumble yesterday. Had a batted tip. You know, what? It, are they still that good, or are they just lesser opponents? I, I, the the way that the, Miami's, uh, I look at Miami's offense and say, how are the Cowboys going to do against them? And that, right. right now, I don't know. Philadelphia held them to 17 points. Right, I mean, they they were able to and do one was a pick that, six, but really ten when you right. yeah right yeah they so you know they, and look Tyree Kill is unbelievable how fast he mm. got, man I just I don't I don't think I've seen a guy that fast on a football field so they were able to do some things against Phil, uh, against Miami to to slow them down um, th that probably impressed me more I can't stand the brotherly shove I hate the play you don't like it I don't I don't like it because. 
Not because the brotherly shove. That's the first time I heard that. <laughs> well, I think that's what they call it. I, call, I so thought it was the tush push. push. Okay, okay, go. I ahead. went with bro- brotherly shove. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't like it. Not be, and I don't think it should be illegal or anything like that because heck, it, no one can stop it. No one can stop it. Um, but you're almost it's it's always first and nine when you're playing them. Or, or if it's if it's third and one, fourth and one, you know they're going for that, and that's an advantage to them that they they're going to convert almost all of them. So that that game when they play Philadelphia here November fifth up there, that's going to be as big as the Niners game because it's going to be coming off of okay, are you really if they beat the Rams right, which you think they should? Are yes. You, here's another test to show you: Are you for real or are you just? A, a pretender, and they don't have to win the game. They just can't lose forty-two to ten like they do in San Francisco. They they have to, and I don't think they they view Philadelphia. They're not scared to play the Eagles. They've had success against the Eagles yes. uh, here in recent years, and really, with Dak's been their quarterback. So, um, that that's going to be another, I don't season-defining game, I guess. But I I think the way Philadelphia goes, they they can make plays against them offensively. Uh, defensively, I wonder how they will be able to stand up against the run game. And, you know, let's see if Julio Jones is now involved in this yeah. thing. A.J. Brown, we know, can make plays. Devontae Smith can make plays. And one thing the Cowboys defense has allowed is big plays, 20-plus pass, pass plays, much more this year than last year. Wow. And real quick, Todd, Micah versus the media, you've seen it all. Even <laughs> if he's right, even if he's right, Todd, and I think a part of it is right, I think we do over-scrutinize them. Is that that's not a battle he can win, right? Right. No, it's not a battle you can win. I'll go for something and look. Jason Witten and Micah Parsons might be personality-wise at the far ends of the spectrum, but Witten, when he retired, wrote when he was with ESPN, he wrote something about players and social media, and he had a line in there that's always stuck with me. It said, "Keep your eye above the spectator line," mm. and, and that's what this is mm. a little bit too with Micah. It's like, dude. The only thing you should care about is what Dan Quinn's telling you, what Mike McCarthy's telling you, what Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Will McClay. Just care about that. And I, and look, I get what he's kept saying because there is a, a scrutiny that this Me team too. faces that the Carolina Panthers don't. But guess <laughs> right. what? Mikey, you're in a Tostitos commercial because you play for the Cowboys. Yes. If you were doing this in Carolina, you wouldn't be getting a Tostitos commercial. Hey, man. He's Todd Archer. He joins us every Monday at 7 o'clock. Cowboys face the Rams. We'll be talking to him Monday morning again. ESPN NFL Nation reporter covers the Cowboys. Covered the NFL since 97. Todd, always appreciate your time. Have a good week. We look forward to seeing you again. Sounds good. Talk to you guys next week. That was Todd Archer giving us the lowdown like only he can on uh, those Dallas Cowboys of yours. So, go, 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 go hit it with it. And you know this, man. You know this. If you've been listening, you know why we're playing that. Don't forget, tomorrow we will be joined by Fort Worth Star Telegram. Clarence Hill Jr. will get his thoughts on the Cowboys. And I got to get his thoughts on him, you know, a little bit salty to me. I mean, Clarence, he, let's be real. He, he wants the Cowboys to do well. He's been covering them since 97. But him posting pictures of four penalties that the Eagles should have been called for, I'm like, come on, Clarence. Yes, they should have been penalized. And that was unfortunate that they didn't get penalized. But nonetheless, they did. Um in the game with zero penalties, which is virtually impossible. And the referees should be, they should be punished for that. They shouldn't be anywhere near a playoff game. That crew, you can't have, you know, clear face mask right in front of you on critical fourth down possessions and, you know, not, not throw the flag. They were awful last night. They shouldn't have, um, 
into any game with zero penalties. But nonetheless, the Eagles look good defensively. Holding Miami to only 10 points offensively is is a hell of an accomplishment. And I don't give a damn what R.J. Ochoa says. Cowboys going to have their hands full, hands full in a couple of weeks with that Jalen Hurts-led Eagles team, which I got to admit, I like them Eagle uniforms. You don't know nothing about them throwbacks, Edwin. Um, yeah, tomorrow, Clarence Hill, maybe Rob will be back, <laughs> but we'll start gearing up toward Wimby. Wimby's regular season debut right here at the Frost Bank Center on Wednesday night versus Luka Doncic and those Dallas Mavericks. It was a fun show. Hopefully my man Rob will feel a little bit better, but we got Rome, well, excuse me, Greeny, then Rome, then the Blitz, and I'm telling you, the Blitz going to be explosive because, Joe, I've had a few Rodnagel was getting loose in the WhatsApp about those Texas Longhorns. I can't wait to tune in. You should, too. You get to hear Coach Trailer again also. It's R&R in the morning. I had a blast with y'all. Y'all have a great Monday. Kick ass this week.